This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. And now, the wondrous world of... Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. How to survive the South Central? A place where busting the gap is fundamental. No, you can't find a shit in a handbook. Take a close look at a rap crook. Rule number one, get yourself a gun, a nine in your ass will be fine. Keep it in your club compartment, cause jackers know they love to start shit. Now if you're white, you can trust the police. But if you're black, they ain't nothing but beef. Watch out for the kill. Don't make a false move and keep your hands on the steering wheel. And don't get smart. Answer all questions. And that's your first lesson on staying alive in South Central Hill. That's how you survive. Are you enjoying Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. I make dope, but don't call me dope, dope boy. boy. What up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your favorites, man. Your boys is back after a little break. Appreciate all y'all. This Week in Culture, episode 132. I am your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad Ant, a.k.a. Mr. COVID Free. And I got my dog with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. This Ain't No Kind of Motion Picture. <laughs> <laughs> You feel me? And if y'all couldn't tell, this week in culture, we bring y'all the highly anticipated throwback review of the 1991 John Singleton classic, Boys in the Hood, starring everybody's, everybody, nigga, Regina King, Nia Long, Ice Cube, Morris Chestnut, Lawrence Fishburne, Angela Bassett, you name it, if they was black, they was in that motherfucker. Oh. Man, dog. Um, before we get into it, I want to thank all the listeners, all the supporters, all the retweeters, reposters, everybody who rock with us, everybody who um hit us up last week and told us shut the fuck up and get in the studio. We don't care about your problems, nigga. I was trying to make sure we ain't bring the COVID in this motherfucker. I had a little uh, you know what's fucked up, dog? So I got food poisoning. Mm. But every symptom of anything that's wrong with you is a COVID symptom: yeah. vomiting, diarrhea, uh, nausea, headache cough sneeze a nigga look at you wrong and you get upset like yeah. all that is covid yeah that's why i call everything racism yeah <laughs> because all that shit be a nigga it's because it's, it's, it's because all I'm, black. I'm black nigga and i wanted to make sure we ain't coming to studio and uh and and spread none but got checked out nigga was negative that felt good i hadn't been checked since like may june something like that so when it got it done uh salute to the homie jenny for getting me up there with the illegal covid test you know what i'm saying squeezing me in like that um. Yeah, man. Feel good. I feel like uh, Kenya Burris. Every episode would be like because of slavery. <laughs> Since everything that's wrong, people is because of COVID. That's why everything that's wrong with this country is because of slavery. Nigga, every single one of them is a symptom of slavery. Well, right now, nigga, air horns on that bitch. Um, we right back. It's kind of funny, nigga. Twilight Zone. We back with the COVID shutdowns. By the time y'all hear this, the state of Michigan will be partially shut back down and uh, or partially restricted. I ain't yeah, going to say shut down. Yeah, know. businesses will be restricted. We trying to avoid a complete shutdown. Chicago already started theirs yesterday on Monday on um, their restrictions. And there's a few other states going into restrictions this week as well. Now, how you feel about going back into, I guess, the, the slightly more restricted COVID shit? Um. 
I don't know. It depends, it depends on which version of myself that you ask. Right? <laughs> on some health shit, like, uh, you know, stay the fuck home for the yeah. most part. You know, don't be doing no wild shit. But then on the other end, just in the last month, I just been dealing um, with people and talking to people across the country yeah. who have been struggling since March mm. um, in industries that used to run that are not running anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they not making it. They can't make it. Um, and I'm fearful that I just don't know what's gonna happen to them if that goes. They not. They already didn't make it till now. Yeah. And if you're gonna extend that even longer, but it's one. It's like what? What do you do? Do you? What is the better? What's plan? the alternative, man? Like, like I don't. I would hate to be the one deciding. And I, I'm gonna post that on Facebook, man, on my personal page. If if y'all follow me, y'all know I always I like to ask the hard hitting questions. Dog, for the people who are like, nigga, fuck shutdowns, fuck masks, fuck closing anything, fuck everything. Like, nigga, we out here is safe. Wash your hands and be cool. What do y'all think the government should be doing? Like, should be putting in place. Like, what would y'all plans be? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, the only thing with that is, is one like. We not. I'm not under any illusion that it's safe, uh-huh. but I'm at this particular point because everybody in the fucking world knows about COVID. Everybody go out there and protect yourself as you need be. Yeah. If you get sick, you're going to have to deal with that shit. Yeah. It's different in March when you had no idea. Now you should go out there or whatever. But I guess what I'm thinking or what I don't know what to do is like, so do you save them from quote unquote certain death to lead them to a slower death mm. like some people never gonna recover from this shit financially yeah. yeah and like i don't like would you want the decision to say either i'm gonna go to work and risk my life and still try to take care of my family or someone make the decision for you that you can't take care of your family no matter like i i don't want be i don't want to be the one who makes the decision yeah in either way because it's going to impact everybody but see that's the wild part right because i I understand that conflict but a lot of the people who are like the naysayers and and oh y'all niggas is letting the government tell you what to do and this shit's a hoax and this shit is that and this shit is this a lot of them people aren't the ones struggling you know what i'm saying like i know a lot of scammers out here who living just fine and they like fuck you and your family i'm never wearing a mask i'm at fucking uh i'm at views tonight nigga partying and I'm cool, so if you with me, hopefully you cool too. But then I got a friend who just went to the bar Friday night, and she in the hospital right now. She got COVID. One of my little cousins in uh out of state, you know, uh, he's younger than me. Yeah, um, he's dealing with it. He's in the hospital right now. Yeah, um, dealing with it. Like so, it's like it's scary. It's not like fake. Uh-uh. It's like it's a real thing. Yeah, this isn't a hoax, but um, it's also like I don't know. I think I, I think the people who have like arrogantly approached. What they not going to do You know what I'm saying I'm not going to stop traveling I'm not Or travel less Not even stop But like It's some people Who are literally traveling Just cause mm, Prices is still Relatively cheaper And airports is kind of clear So I'm going to just of go racism. <laughs> Because of slavery Yeah dog I mean, like, like, But that's, that's real shit t- And it's like The only time you can afford To go on an actual vacation yeah, is, is during the pandemic the world. Like, yeah. That's because of slavery yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's niggas out here Who really doing shit just cause and it's like you don't need to to be out there like i got one friend literally and she posted this the other day like i'm never wearing a mask i wore one in march i've been done with it since april i'm fine i don't got covid and it's like my i think she has four kids and a husband and it's just like that's weird to me like that i don't know i don't know if this is the right word yeah but like 
I'm okay with that, but you just got to know I'm wearing my mask around you, and when you get it, or you're gonna have to deal with them consequences. Yeah, because you're an adult at this point. Yeah, it's like crack. Literally, crack has been out here for a long time. Literally, you gonna smoke it or you not? Yeah, I am interested though. That like, it appears okay. to me, right when this COVID shit first popped off, yo, within the next year. Two million people gonna die from this shit, mm-hmm. and we around two hundred thousand. Yeah, so like, it would appear that after we unintentionally killed all them people by putting them on ventilators, we figured out that that's not the way to do it. Yeah, and it seems like we've been. This is all in relative terms, dealing with it relatively. Yeah. Right. Um, how, we don't do this for any other type of disease that you can't get like i don't know that just staying in the house is the way like you can't that's that's not medicine to fight a disease so i i posted some similar to what i'm about to say the other day because i agree we ain't need to stay in the house the nigga said yo we'll open all this shit if you come just wear a mask obviously continue to wash your hands and and sort of be clean use your your um sanitizer when you need to and then socially distance yourselves from the people you're not with them was the only rules and niggas didn't do that and that's why we back in the position that we in it's like yo y'all niggas can't have both right you can't say yo the world can't be shut down we have to survive um financially we have to survive economically and we can't shut shit down but then when they say okay this is the safest way to reopen because admittedly no one knows you gotta gotta compromise compromise, dog and that's the ideally I mean, don't nobody like wearing a mask, but it's the yeah, compromise, nigga. fam. And it's like, yo, do you like hanging out at your little spot more than you like wearing a mask? Because if you do, wear the mask. You're going to be there a couple hours with that mask on. Pull it down. All y'all niggas is pulling it down anyway. Ain't nobody saying shit. Again, these this is all the reasons why shit is fucked up. Like, uh, yo, and then when someone's coming by, pull that shit up. Yeah, pull it up real quick. Fam, that's just how you Y'all do. niggas tuck y'all chain when the thugs walk by. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. You could you could up your mask real quick when the security come by. Like, quit. I don't know, or dog. Or just strangers. Like, yo, I don't. Like, when people, before COVID, like, when people cough, I hold my breath until I'm further away. Oh, that's 100% you. fact. You know what I'm saying? That's 100% fact. Like, I'm, I'm going to do that regardless, yeah, nigga. This is pre-COVID. When you're if coughing, I hear you cough in the, the aisle next to me at Target, I'm not going down the like aisle. I'm literally, yeah. and holding my breath until I get the fucking furthest yeah. way I can. But like, Why? Because I, I don't fuck with your cough air. I don't need your cough air. I don't want it a part of me, nigga. So, no, I'm cool. I just, I hate that we, in this moment, we're having to now choose between, like, or it seems like we're choosing between having any semblance of, like, a normal life, not even a social life, like, niggas getting up and going to work and getting up and going to get food or stay in the house because it's like, it really, for the last few months, yeah, it started like that where we was straight up trapped, nigga. Be in your house. Don't go out unnecessarily. The last few months, y'all niggas have been unrestricted. They just said, if you go out, throw a mask on, dog. And I'm like, the fact niggas couldn't do that. Well, I think what really was- Y'all don't deserve to be my son. Well, listen, well, in real life, what's really going on, because they this shit opened up like April, May-ish, right? Uh-huh. And people been out. It's just the Ever fact- Ever since. It's just the fact that people were outside. And because it's getting colder- People are not outside as much. Yeah. So now you stuck in the house with your windows closed and now that shit is floating around in the fucking air. Mm. And by default, because 
when we go into the fall, this is kind of what they were talking about. Like, yo, that second the, wave, that circulation yeah. ain't there. And you, not just being in the house, but now you're forced into the venue where they might have had outdoor seating yeah. or patio or just or, the window. Yeah, the door was open, so shit, the air yeah. was flowing. You but could now circulate. Yeah, everything is it's not that way no more. So yeah, uh, and guess what? This normal as fuck. Like, like. Man, that's how air circulation works. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not normal that we're going through this, but like it shouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. No, we had an idea this was gonna happen because because yeah. now you forced into the house. In the wintertime, ain't no more going outside. That's, that's the wild part too. Like, nigga, literally back in March, April, everybody talked about the quote second wave. We all talked, I don't know why niggas acting shocked that the cases are going back up. Like we literally discussed second wave protocols. But so I don't want um, us to fight each other over the second wave and what caused it when we knew this shit was gonna happen. Facts. Because now it's like, yo, we about to be a war from vaccinated to unvaccinated. Yo, it's your fault they doing this shit. No, it ain't my fault. It's your fault. Yeah. That's not gonna help nobody. And that's it's fucked up because they already did that. You know what I'm saying? Like we had that that top of the year where niggas was like, oh, you wearing a mask, you dumb. Or you believe anything these niggas tell you. And then we had the other half where, yo, y'all niggas is out here. You killing my grandma. You killing my kids. You killing my, my parents, my tell, elders. Tell, and it's, tell your grandma to put a mask on. Hey, man, tell your grandma to stay home if possible. At me, at this point, you know people go in and out the house. So if grandma's at the, at the crib with a, a younger person, not even a younger person, but somebody to go in. Because old folks ain't staying in the fuck house nowhere either. That's a fact. Your, 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 your daddy and your grandma, they going to the store. Or they yeah. going to... Such and such on the sick and shut in list. They go and they out and about. Yeah. So if you know that they out and about, tell them even at the crib when you got somebody who's active, wear a fucking mask. The fucked up part is if if everybody could just get on one accord for like a minute. Cause like our little our little restricting or restricted time right now, period that we in is three weeks. It's going longer than three weeks, nigga. And it might at the end of the three weeks, they might up the rules a little more. When it might even be tighter. I guess another reason that this is kind of wild or different for people is because yeah. it wasn't ever presented to us as the quarantine was so that we can stop the spread of COVID. Yeah. It was always initially to give the hospitals enough time to staff up, yeah. get PPE yep. and stuff like that. Y'all got the PPE now. Like this well, is shit, now they don't. They run it low again. How? Like, I don't understand. Because, like, the beds had went down to, like, yeah. Damn near regular, like fam. How how did I think the PPE start getting low because in these recent months when the cases started to spike, that's poor leadership, and that's not from but the I feel president. Like that's the, from the 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 whoever. But here's the thing, though. Here's why I say it is from the president because the president let states handle it on their own the first time. Fam, around. whoever run Henry Ford Health System, it's your fault if you didn't order PPE. So can nobody else is, take the blame for you running a fucking health system and you not ordering shit? And we all know. That it was gonna be a second wave, like it's. Don't take the blame for all this shit. Like that's. The, I'm giving that nigga the blame for all this shit. That, and that's unfortunate, not because of him. He's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's unfortunate that people who fucked up that first go around never got the blame, and now they in charge on the second go around, and it's gonna be fucked up because they make poor decisions. You know what I think too, to your point about um, the hospital leadership or whatever, and and whoever's in charge of inventory and merchandising and that sort of thing, not getting the PPE they needed when it was available PPE. And now shit's spiking and it's starting to become less available again. I'm also like, yo, down to the factory workers and down to, like, did they stop making 
Because we saw when we ran out, they started having nigga Chrysler was making PPE out this bitch. Ford was making masks. Like nigga, now I can buy. I mean, my Amazon shit coming the next day now. Yeah, we my back. mask. We back. You Shipping know is back. So um, like I don't. It doesn't make sense to me that yeah. you would run out of PPE. I'm just like, why didn't everybody overload the same way y'all been doing with tissue? Because nigga, have you been to Target lately? And no more tissue again. Really? They out. I know in uh, Walmart Myers that shit was straight. Let me now, show granted, you. This is before the announcement of. Uh, well, like, so. No, that, I'm about to show you last night, bro. That irritates me because y'all know what's not shutting down no more. You don't got to worry about. It's last night. Like, why, though? Nigga. Like, well, you, you think this time around? Oh, yeah, we're going to close Target now. Completely no, empty to the point they got a cart stopping you from even going down the road. Just cart right there. Like, don't even come down here. There's nothing in this house. I don't understand it. Dog. And I'm like, y'all niggas is ODing again. Target back to putting up the little like one per person, two per person, and it's like uh, Target not closing, nigga. McDonald's ever, not clo- ain't ever. none of this shit closing. I just keep ordering shit. We only said y'all can't do dine in no more. That's it. Barbershop stay open, gym stand open, but here's my thing though. Why I think they're gonna extend it past this three weeks is because whatever the like in place rules are for this current um restricted period. Niggas gonna find a way to violate that, cause we doing we're really like combative with this COVID shit. Because this not how you fight a virus. Mm-mm. Like like Mm-mm. it's it's retarded. Like yo, but that's where I go back to, <laughs> like, and not just when I say Trump, I'm not just talking Donald Trump personally. I'm talking yeah. about the entire administration federally. Nigga, since March, we're in the exact same spot right now that we were in March with regard to not just a vaccine, but like y'all have nothing to fight it. Like, fuck, like, a voluntary go get a vaccine. That's fine. If I get it and go to the hospital, y'all don't have anything to give me that you can say, this will kill the virus. Well, kill it, no, but, like, niggas are not dying like they were in March. They not, but they dying. Because I didn't know. I I known about 10 to 15 people that didn't got COVID and then came to fuck home. Mm -hmm. But if this was March, they'd have put them on a ventilator and they probably would not have died. But now they're treating it differently. Now, prevent? No. Like, it's never, I don't, COVID- 19 will yeah. never go away yeah like it's it's yeah. literally going to be here and that's i mean we can look at it like the flu like they're going to have a vaccine yeah. and they're probably going to have some otc shit and even though there's a flu vaccine that's been out for years yeah. every year niggas catch the flu Facts. and it is what it, and, it is what it is but like it is never going to where so it's like yeah now that y'all done found a way to the treat it and like but have they though Cause that's the thing, y'all. They keep throwing little shit out like we're this close to a vaccine. We're one month away from vaccine. We're two months from a vaccine. Nigga, where's that? But vaccine is prevention. I'm talking yeah. about after niggas get it. That's what I'm saying. They're not dying like they were before. Eh, but also look at that, like, so, so, cause the vaccine will not help you once you get it. Yeah. So, but what we know about it, viruses is viruses change, right? Right. Bodies, everything, like it's it's just a known, like your body can't adapt to a virus. So I don't think that. Because we got less deaths for show, but I don't know that that's like the way they're treating it. Because, like, my homegirl, another friend of mine, had COVID. Nigga, they sent her home in a few days. She's still, I hit her today. Like, how you feeling? Still hurts to breathe. Still, like, they ain't really do shit for me, but make sure it didn't get worse. And then it's like, I, right, we like, need a bed. Get out. Well, like, that's how, like, in real life, your body beats everything. Like, there is no medicine that they can give you that's going to fix something. It can help strengthen some of the organs that are going to do it anyway. Yeah. But your body was made to, 
to fucking live forever and shit. The uh, shit is just wild because it's like federal government has legit just like they kind of hands off approaching right now. It's like yo, states y'all do y'all thing, hospitals y'all do y'all thing. Let us know if y'all find something, and if y'all do like. We'll they, talk about it. And it's they, like, they nigga. They've always been that way, though, because they're not the doctor. You know what I'm saying? The private sector always handled that shit. Uh-huh. They always had the the, the 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 cancer research, the insert dish. It's like, that they ain't never. I don't even but want see, them to a, be. Like, I don't, don't want to go to a. That's where I'm looking at it. Because with, with what you're talking about, 100 percent that's, that's everyday shit that we've been having to deal with. When you got a pandemic, I'm not just talking about, like, Yo, y'all niggas ain't put no no meds the out for the shit. Is the world. It's like pandemic is the world, and y'all niggas have literally just been like Europe it's no go- order to this shit. Europe is going through a spike too. Mm-hmm. It ain't just like America. Yeah, Other yeah, countries are yeah. going through spikes too. But it's like y'all niggas got no order. Y'all just like like even with uh, because I was I was asking my homie the other day. He's a very big like fuck Governor Whitmer, like fuck anything she doing, like she trying to ruin us. <clears throat> Nigga even said uh. Oh shit! This is what y'all Biden voters wanted, and I was like, Biden ain't even in office yet. Like, how the fuck did this become this nigga? You so want I, a six week lockdown of everything? Yeah. So I asked this nigga. I was one. like, <laughs> Yeah. And I asked this nigga, but here's the thing. So he said that too. Like, that's what he want. He want to lock down for six weeks, and I was like, Nigga, we already did that under Trump. You ain't say shit when it was under Trump. So that's my well, thing. It's just like, well, eh. that, the, well, so how Trump quote unquote played it smart was that if I put a federal lockdown then y'all blame me for all this shit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but like if i put the pressure on the states to do what y'all y'all should do because the power is in the state uh hello y'all shit man no all this shit trump fault trump or slavery y'all niggas take y'all pick either man. one take y'all pick man um but we healthy we in this bitch fortunately um my mom asked me last night was the studio shutting down i said hopefully not hopefully we don't get back to that point they said everybody Every job who can possibly do it at home has to shut down. Yeah. Can't do this shit at the crib. Nah, man. Nah, man. And and I get it. We exempt because we're a radio station. Yeah. So we out here, nigga. Uh, powered 98.2.5, <laughs> nigga. But it's only four niggas maxing this bitch. Sorry. Facts. Sorry, facts. bigger groups. And when it's the culture, nigga, it's two niggas maxing this bitch. Hey, man. I just want to throw this out there. This ain't got shit to do with what we was just talking about. But, like... I want to address niggas asking us to be guests on this podcast just briefly yeah. and like sensitively though because i appreciate when niggas say like yo i fuck with y'all fuck with y'all shit i want to come up there if you not coming up here to talk about like the movie or show that we're talking about primarily yeah we're gonna touch on all the other little bullshit me and jay touch on but if you're not coming up here to kick it about that movie or show like if you're not a fan of that and can't like add to the dialogue that me and jay have about that we don't have guests my nigga i be wondering sometimes like yo do y'all listen to the show yeah because i think sometimes people will see or they'll look at a hashtag and they think we joe budding them well they'll look at a hashtag right and then they'll just respond to everybody who has a hashtag like yo Detroit Podcast hashtag. I, I think we do similar content. Let's do a let's can I come up like listen I guess the question it should be like yo, um when y'all talk about this particular program, yeah, I would like to come out. I would love to come up there, yeah. Have a conversation about this particular program. Like for sure. And we, here's the thing. We've only had one guest. We've only had one guest for real, for real. And that was um, Jenny. One and a half, because Weezy had a couple little bars in the background when he was yeah, up here but with Jenny the was like Jenny was our only official on the mic with a headset guest. Yeah. But here's the thing. We have a whole group of niggas who we know if we're talking about a show, 
we could just say, hey, you want to come up there and kick it about this show? So, like, I probably won't even start with one of you niggas who asking because we have, like, 20 niggas who we owe now, like, a little showtime to. So now there are different people uh, on the socials and different circles. I would like, who got interest in opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I know be rocking with certain yep, content. I'm yep. like, yo, I would love to come Y'all kick might it. could pull up. But, like, yeah. if you want to come up here because you got a clothing line or you dropped, dropping an album, like, that ain't our podcast. So I just want to make that clear. Like now, if you an actor on a show, now we talking, nigga. And yeah. you want to talk about the project that you're working on yep. and the or projects you've worked on. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. can work that in. Make too. it make sense for yeah. what this platform is, dog. Don't just think because you got a movement right now and you're trying to get some pub that this is the platform. Because here's what I don't want you to do: is come up here expecting to gain an audience. And what you talking about ain't our audience. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's what I, I I'm um, with this week in culture, and with shop talk. Yeah. When people ask, y'all want to come up there, and I'm gonna do this. I be wondering, like, do you know who our audience is? Yeah. Because I know how old they are. Are they male? Are they female? Um, what part of the country? Like, fam, yep. why do they yeah. want to hear your mixtape, nigga? I might like your mixtape. I might love it, dog. Your mixtape like, is my shit. I don't. It know. probably ain't. I don't know that the 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 single mom of two who lives in in Memphis wants to hear your local, not local. I don't want to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just wants to hear your project. Yeah, I don't know that that's what they tuning in for. When we when we just had a long conversation about this is us or some shit like that. Yeah, like, that's not what they. Tune yeah, in for. like dog. Like, eh. like it was niggas asking when um what was we reviewing uh with ticking them what yeah. was that like. Uh, God damn it Lovecraft Country It was niggas literally asking me Like can they come up here And talk about They were like Mixtape And I was like Dog do you understand What my podcast is Cause right now What you doing One you sounding crazy But two You're also letting me know You don't listen to my shit It's kinda offensive Yeah Like you looking me in my eye And telling me You don't listen to my shit disrespectful Like I low key Should (laughs) smack shit out you boy Like real Uh, talk Shit and now, watch this going to be the one he listened to when I say I'm smacking shit up. <laughs> now I got beef. Oh, shit. Um, nigga, a lot happened in that one week that we was gone, bro. First of all, it feel like we've been gone like three weeks. Yeah, even though we, was, we didn't drop we, last week, it's really been two weeks then. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a week before we drop, and then another week since then. So yeah. it's been two weeks. Um, But a lot fucking happened, man. Uh, election is over. Yeah. Biden won. Um, Biden and Kamala. Allegedly. Hey, man. Nigga, Georgia said, hey, we recounted them bitches hey, like you know three I, times, dog. It's this over, is, bro. Uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Um, Who runs the election? Mm. Like, what department, entity, yeah. company, who is over it? It's not Fox, CNN, MSNBC. Yep. And for years, we've been letting the TV tell us who the president is. They not over that shit. Yeah. Like, who does the electoral college report to? Well, you saw how... Um, on day one where like if you turn on msnbc and then you turn on cnn and then you turn on fox you might have saw three different electoral numbers on each channel you might have saw different numbers because niggas was just kind of calling states predictably as opposed to when the state was actually completed y'all know it's like like, i guess there's no real like checks and balances to that shit the election usually is not Finalized to shortly before January, January twenty yeah. like it's a it's just extremely long process. Yeah. But like over time, we've just turned on the television night of, and like just rock with what they three, say at one a.m. Three hours after, vote polls close on the East Coast, yeah. we'll we be declaring a president. I'm like, yo, did y'all? 
Like I really do think it takes this long to count on the votes. Yeah. Every time. When niggas um <laughs> and niggas count millions of votes in a few hours and we be like, all right, bad we through. Like well, nigga so line. ultimately what happens is the reason that at the end of that night somebody just comes out and like, all right, I'll quit. Yeah. And then it's easy. Oh, oh, this nigga won because the other nigga conceded. Mm. But like when that don't happen, like you actually you got to really play count. the whole process. I just kind of knowing, um, but I, I, obviously that politics is shady. I kind of always wait until the electoral college meets in December. Um, so that's why we usually don't know till right before January, like confirmed, because the electoral college meets in December, like toward the end of the month. And then they like kind of go over everything. Like, all right, what was yeah. them raw numbers? Dog? And guess what? Not all states have they they electoral college representative do not have to go with the popular vote. Yeah. So like this whole yo, this state got more votes, so that means he won this. Like that don't mean that. It's still over for that nigga though. For sure. It's over for that nigga. But like but, I think yeah, we do it is we have to understand the yeah. process that when you say vote or die and you don't yeah. even know how we gonna Well, off die. top. Niggas have to understand that it's not electoral college. <laughs> and if they don't stop adding that I, we're never going to understand how this process works, dog. Because that I be, niggas that add that I, that I don't be doing shit at all. It be chilling in the crib and they throw it in there. Check this out. As much as I um, may have issues with the electoral college. Yeah, yeah. Outdated I, process, terrible. I do not want a straight. Um, popular vote Popular vote No absolutely not There like, gotta be some order to this shit When they put the electoral college in yeah. Like it was a good idea Had everybody Played this Role with clean hands Yeah Now that the yeah. hands aren't clean Anything well, when your hands ain't clean Is cool But like if we just Basically yeah. go off of Popular opinion Fam it's too easy To sway the public So that's <laughs> one thing about America Everything we haven't played From the electoral college To just our entire government in general, man, Constitution, all the amendments, Bill of Rights, all that shit that we have in play. It's like your phone, right? Your phone needs updates at a certain point. Like, we're not taking away anything that's in place, but we're updating and modernizing it and making it supposedly better than it was in the current. Because at a certain point, some shit from fucking 1776 is outdated. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we in 2021, that feels like, yeah, I don't relate to whatever was going on. Because guess what? We were slaves then when y'all made that. So off top, that wasn't created for me at all. Whatever that rule was, it wasn't for me. Update that. You ain't got to change it, but update it. Modernize it. Make it make sense for 2021 and stop talking to me about some 1776 shit. Because I agree, the Electoral College in theory made sense when it was created. But after a certain point, like you said, when niggas start getting their hands dirty and they start fudging votes and fudging numbers and all that shit, you saw the motherfucking Tucker Carlson had to come on and apologize for saying that a dead nigga voted when it wasn't the dead nigga who voted. It was his widow, and she voted signing her name, Mrs. John Smith, whatever the dude's name was, which is legal. But on her actual— do that, though? So that's how her shit is on her voter card, but her actual vote is still cast as her name. But the public only sees John's, it don't have the misses. So yeah. off top, it was just a lot of weird shit, but it's like Tucker Carlson, you talking out your ass. One just of the homies up, uh, who listened to the show. Uh, I'm shout out to him. Put your information Shout out, out to him. What up, though? Uh, he says grandma passed in September, mm. and they 100% sent her, um, her ballot. Her ballot, as well as her burial information in the mail the same day. Wow. 
And wow. she did have a vote cast. Wow. Hey, rest in peace to grandma. And uh, we thank you for your but service. That does like it, it but again, <laughs> we know that's probably on the on the scale of fudging votes, that's probably the lower end. But, but again But it happens. It don't it, it matters. How you feel about um like, so a lot of people this year were talking about, you know, with COVID and everything, everyone had the opportunity to vote mail in. Which normally you have to go through a process. I've been voting mail in since I voted um, in 20, 2004. So I've always voted mail in, but that's due to an actual thing. Like you got to get approved to do it. This year everybody could do it. But then they started having the conversation of mobile voting. I think everybody should, from your state, should be able to vote on the Secretary of State's website. You mm. log in with your driver's license number mm. and your social security number, and you put your vote in there. And you print it out to yeah. confirm your vote. If the, after the election, if people feel that, yo, I voted for something, and I don't think it actually happened. Yeah. Everybody got their printout and you can verify if the system your still vote. shows what you actually voted for. Mm. I think that's the easiest and the safest and the fairest way to do it so that you so don't get have on to. the website. Don't get on like don't have like a voter app. That niggas could like make sure it goes through the state website. I kind of like that yeah. idea because when niggas said mobile voting, I immediately thought an app that's on your phone that somebody's going to hack and then it's going to go crazy. Uh, I mean, because I mean, you can still hack the secretary of state. Uh, also website, true. Also but true. Like I think each state via their secretary of state, that should be the person who's who ran, who handles that. And. Of course, if you're not tech savvy, or if you don't want to do online, there that, that option is still available for you to do your mail-in portion or take it to the to the clerk office or whatever. But yeah. I, I really do think that it should be done through the Secretary of State's uh, website. Yeah, because I mean, to your point, it's not 1776 no more; it's 2020. That's a fact. Um, everything that we do is electronic. Be, like we working from home we i, no, I literally i bought a fucking house remotely <laughs> you know virtual what home purchase but back to uh what you just said a minute ago how um with our current restrictions they literally said if you have a job that you can work from home work from home so if you have a system that can be done remotely do it remotely and clearly it can because COVID hit and y'all niggas said, all right, now we're giving the whole country the choice to mail in their ballots or go down there and wait in line. Like I see people fears with that, you know, what if somebody hack it or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you mail it in, like what if somebody never counts your vote? Facts. What if I, like, it, all this What if thing, somebody hack your Gmail right now? All this thing, right, all this that we have right now is based on trust. Yeah, I um. Everybody set up their two two factor authentication. Mm-hmm. So it gotta it gotta I gotta know your driver's license number, your social security number, and you gotta respond with the with the with the uh, the code that goes to your your to email, the email or your or your cell phone or whatever. And do that little annoying thing that they do when you're trying to buy some shoes, where you gotta click the box with the traffic lights and them. Yeah. Throw it all in there. So nigga. there's no bots. Yeah, that goes no bots. And yep. Now will that be a, a, a smooth process? No. I think the voting should always be 30 days. Mm. No longer than that. I think this voting process we just had was too long. Like, yeah. fam, that's, we, you can't vote for three months. That's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's wild. 30 days. If you don't vote within these 30 days, fam, that's, that's it. Yeah. 30-day process, man. 
Um, all right, and uh, salute to Kamala and Joe Biden, man. Like y'all won that shit, and hopefully, I'm gonna say hopefully that nigga Joe listened to everything because niggas was keeping it a buck with him during his campaign trail he had a lot of them interviews he couldn't really answer questions and started trying to be like y'all cool white best friend and shit because he ain't really have a thorough answer i hope that this time around he's actually like focused and he listened and he ready to go in and try to enact some of this shit because um yeah man just like trump got the fuck out of there in four years you ain't guaranteed a second term bro that nigga ain't guaranteed four years of life <laughs> also true nigga also true <laughs> now if they designate a survivor this shit kamala you up baby you up baby let's let's put howard on the map and let's uh hey you see this picture that was floating around with, uh with kamala and um montel <laughs> oh yeah 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 montel tweeted about that shit I'm like, look at Kamala. Yeah, like, no, nah, Kamala was looking like a piece. Montel had his little Jordan look on and shit. Dog. I never wanted to hit the vice president, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga Montel tweeted like, yeah, I dated oh, her and note, what the fuck I, y'all want, nigga? I would definitely not have ever wanted to hit the vice president before this time, by the way. <laughs> Jay looking at the first Bush during the Reagan administration like, yo. What's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what else going on out here? Uh, we got a little content starting to come our way, man. Yo. Um, in addition to these throwback reviews that we're being forced to get off, we finally got some shit coming. Um, tomorrow, For Life is back. Hey, let us know what y'all think about For Life, man. Um, I'm going to be honest. I like For Life. It was an entertaining first season. I thought it progressed and got a lot better. Initially, I wasn't really sold. It got better um, as the season went on. I'm not really a fan of the lead actor. I think that's where my disdain comes from. And it's not him. It's his voice. I have a thing about, I think older black British actors tend to like lend their voices to a Denzel type sound. Like Denzel's like the, the only actor they study. And I hear it so much in that nigga's voice that it makes it hard for me to see this nigga. Like I like every other character on For Life except the main dude. And it trips me out. But I enjoy the show. It's a well-written show. I do. I enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, I don't mind like chatting about it with like you know friends and family members or whatever. I don't know that we can pull out any um, like real conversations. Yeah, we can and outside of like maybe just giving y'all like a update on what's going on. Like yo, on for like like that should have probably be twenty minutes of us just yeah. clowning and and talking and getting in, man. Um, but Power will be back in a couple of weeks, uh, December sixth. Power Book returns for the final five episodes or the second half of the season. That's so fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure why they released it incomplete. Like I get that maybe COVID disrupted production but i would have held off the release yo so a two-month break for a new show is crazy dog you know what kind of what threw me off was uh what's that this is this, this is us came back right yeah they was on covid shit yeah with mask on the whole nine yards same with um svu gray's anatomy came yep. back um on some covid shit with their mask on and everything yeah when y'all record this shit yeah when did y'all go back Nigga, SVU was so real with it. One of the doctors who was testifying on, on the episode, he had the marks and demarcations in his face from his mask, like wearing his mask 24-7. And it was like, yo, y'all really keeping it thorough. I'm thinking y'all just started recording this shit over the summer. <laughs> Nigga, or like, did y'all really stop? Also true. Like, I don't know. Like, you I know think I, mean? I think everybody might have shut down to figure out the plan, but they could have Tyler Perry that shit. Like, by April, Tyler was back in the building, nigga. And, like... I think 
This is just me. All right. Put my little, you know, Tim for your hat on. Uh, like back in 2008, when the stock market, I mean, when the housing market and everything crashed, right? Um, and it was a mini recession. Um, a lot of companies fired a lot of people, not because they couldn't afford to pay them. Yeah. But because it was easier and I can get people off my books and I can take losses and get bigger tax credits. And the people who are going to be left here uh-huh. are going to be so happy to do the extra work because they're not unemployed. Then they'll do it. So now I got a, a light and low, but because the rest of the world, the rest of the country is going through the recession, you think you involved. I don't know that everybody couldn't not record. Yeah. And maybe some shit didn't come out this year. So like, yo, we're going to scrap this year. We can write that shit off on our taxes. Um, we can have a bigger loss than what we would normally have because of COVID. Yeah. They're not going to look different. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes people take advantage. Oh, I, I do agree with that. Um, It's kind of like... Uh like when they was giving out all them fucking loans and shit, and niggas like the Lakers was getting approved for loans, and like some of them niggas gave it back. But there's plenty of people out here who found a way to take advantage of COVID in some way or another. I do think that um, a lot of these production studios are like trying to save content for later. Like they making it seem like we couldn't record during COVID, but I think like really they just trying to buy time until 2021, and then they gonna start putting shit out again because. I mean, we at the end of, or in the middle of Q4, we at the end of the year, you might as well hold whatever the fuck you had going on, drop it next year. Like, drop shit in January, February. Why, though? Why drop it now, and then next year, you really don't have no shit. Drop all that shit. Like how, how I just said, Power should have just held all that, and they could have just dropped season one of Power Book 2 on December 6th instead of five, and then taking two months off. Traded? I don't know. Stars is stupid. I tell like, you that. Like if they don't got like low stock prices up shit, like who who the fuck cares? Yeah. Man. <laughs> like I don't, I don't It's weird, dog. Um, I think that now that we're starting to begin to see some of the major networks releasing content again, I think that's gonna have a trickle down effect. Um, I do think, and this is relevant to us and our podcast and our audience, nigga, the movies might not make it. Me and you might you remember we was talking about buying that theater? In about another year of this type shit, me and you might be able to get that theater for the low low, nigga, because it's finna be some available fucking land out here, nigga. Imagine Rochester Hills ain't gonna survive. No Vi Royal Oak and Canton might, but them little like one offs, them niggas ain't gonna make it through a second round of this shit, dog. They sent another email. You know, the little ones may make it, the bigger ones may not make it. They got also way fact, too I much. I mean, you shit saw AMC was ready to sell to Amazon already, nigga. They got way too much to carry. The little niggas be like, yo. AMC came back with the fucking uh, $100 movie rental, nigga, and now they come back, they might literally just be like, yo, if you want to rent the theater, just come sign up, dog. Like, we just need y'all to do something. And I know, imagine, like, they tried to stick with um, concessions. They were doing, like, drive through concessions. So it was like, you could pull up to Imagine Canton and Novi, and they had a whole line of all they shit, popcorn, nacho, you get whatever you want, drive through, and then take that home and watch a movie. At the dog. regular price? I don't know. I never did it. I never did it. The only thing I did, they had, if you know how they be having them special buckets and shit, it was like, if you own one of these buckets, you pull up and get some free popcorn. Hey, half off, I'm there. 
Because if y'all still trying to charge me $17 for the combo meal, my nigga, nigga uh, I go to Applebee's. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Here's the thing. Um, I will absolutely pay $500 for some nachos from the movies right now, dog. I miss nachos, bro. Like, movie nachos. Like, I get it. I like that cheese. Yeah. But yeah. I, I found that cheese at uh, Myers <laughs> in a big, dumbass metal container. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, nigga. man. Um, What else is going on out here? Uh, Oh, speaking of content. New Kevin Hart stand-up available now, as we speak. Came out at midnight. Oh, that's what's up. I did not watch it because I wanted to wait because we got a lot of shit that we might have to like get back in here. I'm, I'm happy this finally came out. It's Kevin, available. Kevin Hart talked about this a year, when year he, and a half ago. When he dropped the documentary, I thought it was going to be this before I learned it was a documentary. Because he had told... Zero fucks given is the name of the stand-up. Like a year and a half, almost two years ago, he said he was going to drop a comedy special that was going to be dark. It, yep. Like, I'm going to be... Like, I know I always do my family shit and everything like that, but this has been planned for like two years or more. So I don't want y'all to think that like this is some brand new shit or now nah, he's trying to no this shit yeah. been planned for quite nah, some time. He had time. this in mind, and I've been um, waiting for it. And uniquely filmed it in his house. That's that's fire. Filmed it in his house. Uh, somebody in his comments said, "I think this is a great idea, but I would like to know who are these people." Like, who is your audience, nigga? Where did they come from? Mind your fucking business. <laughs> and that nigga didn't answer. But I was like, well, that is interesting, nigga. Did you just, like, have friends and family? or Because it was, like, random white people, all type of shit. But he filmed it in a crib. Could be his staff. Could be. I could thought be, that, too. You know what I'm saying? Or could, could be Netflix staff. Or it could be, yo, we went to, we could have, because, like, so everybody been going down to Ohio and fucking yeah. with Dave. Yep. Could have flew some people out. Or yeah. maybe it's a funny bone in L.A. or You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they went down there to fuck with Dave. Dave also did a show in Atlanta. Um, few of my homies were luckily and lucky enough to get tickets. They said it was fire. I've said listened fire. to every single one of Dave Chappelle's comedy specials this week. Yeah, it's been the background um, noise to me um, cleaning up and setting up um, at the crib. Like literally all weekend, I've been listening to Dave Chappelle. Um, a lot of y'all who know me know he's my goat. He's my my the. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. Um, but it's he's on a different level now. Dave, I feel like at this point in Dave's career, um, top three on anybody list. I, I don't see how you can deny it at that point. Um, I think that the current state of America has like it almost like triggered the remaining genius that he had left to give to us, nigga. Cause that's why I think he in his bag so much. Cause it's like, yo, this is the fuckery that he knows. How to make fun of. I always liked Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Um, one of his first HBO specials um, was one of my favorite, but the one he did on Showtime, Killing Him Softly, uh-huh. that's when I was, I think this was right around, Chappelle's show was just coming on, but it was recorded around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, this shit was like, yo, this nigga is different. This yeah. was 14 years ago, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, yo, uh, Killing Him Softly is one of my favorite Dave Chappelle That was specials. the one... That was the one he was in D.C., right? No, he was in San Francisco. San Francisco. But with the uh, blue shirt, like no, little light blue shirt. DC. That's the D.C. Okay, okay, When he was okay. talking about, hey, yeah, a little yeah. bit of okay. on him. Okay, that was yep. fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, oh, nigger. Uh, no, you're talking. I know which one you're talking about. Because you said um, it was around the show. I think that was like 2000, 2001. It was yeah. before season one of Chappelle's show. Yep. That's All when right. he had the, like, the little sport coat yep. jacket on. Yep. Yep. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Um, He was some, how, how old is 14 really? Did you, uh, did you watch his SNL? I did. It's a great appearance, man. 
It was a great appearance. I thought, um, well, not thought, but I wish. This was just kind of my own selfish ant shit that I wanted. I wanted them to do more with him and Jim Carrey. Like, having both of them available, knowing the disdain that both of them niggas have for, like, Earth, I really would have loved to just, they could have just had them sit down and talk. I think Jim Carrey actually has disdain for Earth. No, real life. This, Jim Carrey doesn't want to fuck with you niggas no more. He low-key pulling a white Dave Chappelle. He just kind of out here enough. That we don't realize, like, oh, he just didn't go to Africa. That's the only difference, nigga. Like, Jim Carrey on his shit, dog. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Um, shout out to Kevin Hart for dropping his stand-up in his house. Zero fucks given. Go watch it now. Um, me and Jay, we'll, we'll probably find some time to talk about that uh, in the coming week or so. We got Thanksgiving next week. A few people hit me up and asked us what we was going to talk about for Thanksgiving. Uh, that one shit on Netflix. Um, Jingle Jangle. Yeah. So what I thought about... Because we already, it's funny that that was just a year ago that we had that pod saying that there are no Thanksgiving movies, like, at all. They're all, like. You see that post we got tagged in last week on This Week in Culture? Which one? Um, there is there is not one. Oh, yeah. No Thanksgiving movies or songs. There is not a Thanksgiving song, period. Yeah. yeah. There ain't a Thanksgiving movie, at least not a black one. Because when everybody, and it's funny, everybody, I've asked people this over the last two weeks, yo. So food. What's your favorite Thanksgiving movie? And niggas go straight to Soul Food. And then one of my homegirls, after a nigga said, mm, but Soul you, Food. You know why that is? Why? That just proves. That we dumb? No, not at all. That black people do not celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate the food. I celebrate. Yeah, I celebrate the food, but I acknowledge that it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I know Soul Food is a Sunday dinner movie. Nigga. I know, yeah. but. That's the that's what we care about. Most people don't have Sunday dinner because they don't have family like fact. that. You also know what I'm a saying? fact. <laughs> that's not a shot. No, no, no. Also a fact. Like niggas don't. So that is kind of a that old food, concept. That food that they get, they yeah. associate with Thanksgiving. Yeah, because that's, that's the one time a year says, you get it. Yeah, and that's when your whole family together. We don't give a fuck about Thanksgiving and no pilgrims and no shit like that. We fuck be going. Pilgrims. We be getting together because our fucking families and for this whatever the, for the food for the mac and cheese. I'm, for the, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real though. This little uh, partial restriction, partial shutdown shit couldn't have come at a better time for me because I'm not coming over none of you niggas' houses, and now I don't have to. Like, you know how there, there's always kind of like that slight obligation, like I got to bounce around, see my people, whether it's fam, friends, whatever, nigga. I don't have to do none of that shit. White I'm staying Castles on the is going to be off the hook. Nigga, that line, first of all, White Castles hasn't been on the hook since March, nigga. It's been crazy, dog. Ridiculous. You can't get no sliders, bro. Um, What other content we got? What are you watching right now? I'm watching a very, it's not cultural, but it's a very good fucking show. The Undoing on HBO. Yo, I will. Yeah, My so nigga, this shit is fire. I was told to watch that, but I forgot the name of it. Mm. And I went back to the, the thing. But, you know, when you reply to somebody's story, it disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't find it no more. Couldn't see it. And when I went to HBO Max and I was looking through I'm like, all right, what was the name of this shit? I'm like, which one was it? Let me the tell undoing. you. I heard it was good. Fam, this shit is fire. It's a mini series, so I think it's only like six or seven episodes. Um, And they're on episode four. just went off this past Sunday. You saying you couldn't remember the name is funny, though. My girl, best friend, texted her the other day and said, are you watching The Undoing? And my girl was like, no, nah, I ain't never even heard of that. Nigga, we literally watched this shit every week. <laughs> she was like, that's the name of that? I was like, fam, what the fuck have you... Like, where you been at, dog? I'm, like, I'm going to check it out. Fam, that shit is 
fire. If you're not watching The Undoing, check I mean, it out. Like I said, it's not cultural. It's just a good. It's HBO Sunday night. Dog. I mean, I watch all 131 episodes of Dragon Ball uh, Z. Yeah, <laughs> Jay hit me up on the completion of 131, 138. Uh, I said, yo, this saying? nigga lost his mind. <laughs> but like after that, my life it felt so empty. Dog. <laughs> like I literally watched that shit every day. Like you, you know what The Undoing give me? Uh, and tell me if it gives you these vibes after you watch it. Um, the night of. Okay. It's it's one. It could be because it's set in New York, but it literally is a. Is it dark? Yes. Okay. It's dark as fuck. Like nigga, when I it's dark, it's just white. Like where the night of kind of explored black and uh, Latino and um the Indian communities uh, that old boy was from. And when I mean dark, I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. At night film dark. dark. Yeah, it's that too. But I'm like, it's literally a dark white drama. Like it just. Yeah. It's so I'm good. I'm slightly more uninterested now. It's like, no. nigga. And hold up. This is the favorite part. It's like a dark, like rich white people drama. Like, yeah, I'm slightly get uninterested. Nah, nigga. That's the shit. Because now you're seeing these niggas like Hugh Grant. Nigga, his rich white ass getting fucked up out here because, nigga. Yeah, I'm going to check it's, it out. It's good TV, man. Um, I was told, though. I was, uh, I asked. They said it's good to watch. I'm going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, what else I got going on? Um, I think that might be the only like real consistent show that we got to get McGraw F. We got to watch. We have McGraw to get into F. McGraw F. That's a fact, man. Um, I even know some of the actors on the show. Yeah, I know a few. So, I know a few. Um, we got to get into that. Amazon and Prime. What's funny? Us bringing up McGraw F. on whatever episode of the pod that we brought it up on. Mad niggas hit me and was like, "Yo, thank y'all for mentioning that show. Like that shit good as hell." Yeah, so that's why I'm. Yeah, we can get into McGraw Ave and then get into um our Patreon. We also gonna have to get into the check. Also a fact. <laughs> um, also got a a couple couple people hitting me with with ideas that they want to see from the pod or see from me and you more specifically, okay. not necessarily from the pod, but some shit like niggas was like, "Yo, I think y'all would be great at this." And I was like, you know what? We we fucking would. But let me also tell you, once we pop off, you ain't getting a dime. Just want you to know, nigga. Like what? Like niggas was like, like some writing shit, like some some directorial shit. And I'm like, because niggas know me like from the I from the write this movie for quite some time. Yeah, man. From the Facebook post and all that shit, niggas know like I clearly ain't got the comedic timing on the writing. Nigga, from the pod, they know that me and you are just intelligent in general, nigga. So I said this, I don't know on which pod it is, but I, um, I'm about to reshoot a couple scenes from classic movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I always wanted to. Yeah, to do. so that was on Shop Talk. Okay. And um, niggas hit me after they listened to that episode and was like, yo, I think the three of y'all should do the scene from Boomerang. With Marcus and uh, uh, Tyler and and it was like, yo, you Jay and Dame need to get in there and do that. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, I might Loki steal your idea word for word and not give you no credit. Now it don't count as stealing if we yeah, came if we up do with it. the idea on the Boomerang episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, but yeah, shout out to y'all. And here's the thing, um, shout out to y'all for listening to both. Y'all did it. On a reply to one of my stories, so the shit disappeared anyway. <laughs> Nigga, fuck you in in twenty four hours. Uh, what else? Shout we got out going to Twitter. With Shout the, out uh, fleets, aka Twitter uh, <laughs> stories. I'll be honest with y'all, niggas. I may never come back to Instagram. A uh, Twitter is just a more superior platform, and when Instagram stopped being about pictures, it lost its way. Twitter is better because I can see the pictures now, and I can get my shit off and talk and go through threads. Twitter is getting 
Snapchat was already out of here. Yeah. Y'all was just using the filters. Twitter is getting Snapchat all the way the fuck out of here. And a lot of niggas are going to stop going to Instagram to post your words and yeah. your screenshots of, 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 of words. Essentially, Twitter is better at words. Um, it's just that's how it is. Twitter just... I. I'm still like trying to feel Twitter. It's nothing necessarily wrong with Twitter. I'm just, I told y'all niggas, the reason I only had Facebook and Instagram, I can't like OD on socials. And because I never had a Twitter, I never had the desire to get on so there. So yo, yo, your, your uh, post that you post on, on Facebook. Yeah. Would do much better on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. And niggas, niggas been telling me that since 05, 06. Um, but what I don't like that Twitter did recently was that retweet shit like i don't like that little update that was weird but I, I i didn't like it either but now when you about to retweet something with a link it'll be like twitter be like hey you want to read this link before you retweet it mm. <laughs> and now and give you that chance yeah. apparently 40 percent more people are actually reading shit that they are retweeting before they just retweet it interesting so jack dorsey yeah, yeah. Um, has been trying to quash the fake news yeah, yeah. Say, this is my platform I'm not responsible if y'all are get on here blindly spreading bullshit. But now I'm trying to put roadblocks like, yo, hey fam, yeah. do you want to read this? Like, we know what you didn't read it. You just retweeting it. Yeah. Stop retweeting articles that you haven't fucking read. So now it'll ask you. And I was looking at data today because I got stock in Twitter. So mm -hmm. I, I follow what the fuck is going on with Twitter. Yeah. And they only went up 12 cents today. Uh by the way, with that new shit, <laughs> wait till the ads get there. Now, nah, then I can get some. Then we gonna get some money out here. Um, um, I hate the Instagram update because it, it our it. I don't know if it changed on your end, but it changed for this week in culture mm -hmm. weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I got five Instagram pages, and it was yeah. the only one. Now all yep. of them that way. Yeah. Um. So my personal and this week in culture changed. My other two pages that I have on there, um, that are just like my little low pages for some shit I'm doing. Those didn't change. So it was weird because I thought something was like off. Like I did something wrong and whatever. I didn't know what was going on. But now, um, yeah, I don't like it. It's unnecessary. I don't like the colory ass yeah. um, DM. Oh, for the DM. Um, somehow I accidentally hooked my Facebook and my Instagram messages together. Now I get a notification on both. Oh, and my like, God. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't like it. I'm gonna go to Twitter and don't come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell you. Yeah, and Twitter, I, um, you can post links on Twitter. Like, what the fuck? It's just better. <laughs> I still need uh, Apple Music to, or not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts to make it where when I put our pod episode link up, that it shows the artwork. Like, I don't like that it won't like in the Twitter link. Like, it won't show the artwork. It'll show the Apple Podcast. What do you uh? Like when I just link, like when I share it from Apple Podcasts. Ah, uh, I see. Like when I do it from Spotify, the artwork's right Spotify there. Spotify goes up there. Yeah. And you do it from Anchor. Anchor, it goes, it goes up, up there. there. Yeah. Now last week I did actually see that shit. I don't know if that was Shout Talker. No, I, I did see an Apple link with our with the Eddie Murphy shit up there. Oh, okay. But yeah. It don't always do that. It's it's weird, and I don't like that it does that because it's like, yo, nigga, we do the artwork. I mean, appreciate the logo being there, but it's like, nigga, put our artwork up there. Um, shout out to this Blackberry letter we just got. So we going we gonna jump into that. And I know we just talking a whole gang of shit right now. We missed y'all, man. We giving y'all a fucking thing that was going on. Uh wait, before I get into this Blackberry letter, I feel like it was something else I wanted to throw out there. Oh duh. The fucking versus battle, man. I just wanna give Lil Convo 
in in predictions to it, man. So for those of y'all who missed it, they have officially shifted the verses from Ti versus Jeezy to Ti versus I'm sorry, Jeezy versus Gucci, the matchup that nobody thought would happen because these niggas actually hate each other. And even if Jeezy no longer hates Gucci, Gucci still hates Jeezy. Um, That's a fact. So. That will be going down this Thursday. Couple people hit me and said, "Are y'all gonna do a pod about it?" No, we're not doing a doubt pod it. We're not giving it. you a whole versus pod, but we can talk about this shit a little bit right now in advance and get y'all our thoughts, our predictions on the shit. Um, first of all, how you feel about the change from Ti to Jeezy, or I'm sorry, Ti to Gucci? Uh, I'm okay with it. I yeah. didn't think it was gonna happen. Yeah, um, it has um, added the entertainment value of it up. I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to be in the same location or not. Yeah. I have, I have, a, I, have I, a, I literally think they should not be. If they are in the same location, Gucci win wins just because the energy. Yeah. Um, and how everything intimidation goes. factor. And cause geez, I don't it, Gucci man wins if they're in the same building, yeah. if they're in the same room. Um, if they do it separate, then I, the, the, the odds of Jeezy winning are more than better than odds of yeah. Gucci winning. That being said, for y'all who think that Gucci is about to get washed in this battle, um, I don't think y'all understand. And for a long time, I didn't either how big Gucci fan base actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go through, like, yo, Gucci, regardless if we, he's a quote-unquote good rapper or not. On yeah, the, Gucci got joints. The 100 mixtapes he got, he always got two songs off that bitch that go. Yeah. And he got a lot of content. And um, it's so I'm very conflicted with with the battle. Like again, y'all, if you listen to this podcast, you know I've been over the versus shit since like fucking uh, March. So really wasn't like excited about the Ti versus Jeezy. If anything, I just was like, mm, I could appreciate they took a break and then came back with a big matchup. I thought Ti was washing Jeezy. Yeah, Ti was 100 percent washing Jeezy, and anybody who thought otherwise is smoking dope. But that said. Niggas know that I'm not really like the biggest Gucci or Jeezy fan. Like, I think obviously both of them niggas have a ton of fucking hits. But I'm just like, eh. And I get the beef factor kind of makes it a little more interesting because they're, that was real beef. And the fact that we heard about these two niggas together. Yeah. When yeah. They, when they were they first came out together. introduced to yeah. us, it was them two. Who drops Icy? I think it was Ted. Whose song was it? I, don't remember. I think it's Gucci, I think it's Gucci song. song, but yeah. I really didn't remember the I think other it's day. Gucci like, song. Yeah. Um it's gonna be interesting. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um I'm gonna tune in. I'm curious to see, like you said, will they be in the same room or not? Um and if they are, what the vibe and the energy is like between them. Cause Jeezy's a completely different Jeezy than the one that we know. Yeah. And like all the, the, the praise we give Gucci Man for, for changing yeah, yeah. And how introspective he is. All that is. stops at the door when it comes um, to Jeezy. No, he, he he is introspective. Yeah, 100%. That don't mean that he is like a nicer person. Yeah. Like, he tell you stuff like, no, I'm the same nigga, though. When it comes to Jeezy, nigga, this is still when it 2005. To, to the most of that shit, even though I done, he's had an, I done left beefs and shit alone uh-huh. for a lot of people for a while. Him and Walker was like, yo, there's no reason for us to make up. Yeah. But they did make up yeah. ultimately. Yep. Yep. Um, but you see how he was with the Angela E shit? Or anybody I mean, who, who have wronged him? Like, yeah, you know. and, uh, and Envy took a lot of the brunt of that shit. Um, uh, but like, yo, don't get it confused. Like, nigga, I'm still yeah. the same nigga. Just because I'm more 
reserved and I'm not wild. I'm not on drugs. Just because I'm not on drugs, I am focused on what I'm doing now. I think, I think, to make sure that he win, Gucci should bring Keisha Kior and just like let her be like the better girl that's in the building and shit. Because she beat Jeannie Mai, nigga, like in a body contest, in a look contest, and in a I'm black in a fight. <laughs> She'll whoop Jeannie my ass in a fight So yeah bring your girl Make sure you secure the win um, But y'all let us know what y'all think We'll see what uh what they do on Thursday And then we got the Fresh Prince reunion coming up man. Yeah. Now that y'all might get a little Little one off episode on We might get y'all an afterthoughts or something After that drops on Thursday um, As predicted on this podcast They will have the dark skin on Viv back She will Yo, be back We gotta stop referring to her as dark skin on Viv I can't think of her real name and um, Janice, um, but we can't Hubert, we, Hub, yeah. something like that, and yeah. we can't refer to the other um, as light skin. So listen, for a long time, the shit was funny, light skin, dark skin jokes. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, yo, this shit is horrible. That shit is toxic, and we got to stop putting everybody down to the. We got to stop using that as a thing. Mm. Like it got it, it we it got to be. There's a whole people, but everybody just refers to dark skin out vib. Light skin I vib And Yo that's just not good Like I've noticed that And I'm almost Almost I'm not there yet About to leave the east side West side shit alone mm. But I still get these jokes off Yeah no nah, um, No matter what happens My girl will get these jokes Um, But like Cause generally speaking It ain't really no east side West side B. It's just a, yeah, It's just, it's like just a, a, a game Yeah But light skin Dark skin That shit has long Yeah that was a real thing That was longer roots Longer history Mm -hmm. And um, I'm leaving that shit alone And I'm I'm trying to encourage Other people We gotta leave that shit alone Mm. That shit can't be the The joke Can't Mm -hmm. be based on that No more Um, And you can't sum up Somebody Whole existence By calling them The dark skin version Of a A a made up character Cause that got to feel Weird to a motherfucker Or Mm -hmm. a dark skin person Or someone Who was was Lighter complected um, or who has a uh, a love a little bit more melanin, um, but just referring to them motherfuckers as dark skin like I'm vib, and it really I've been thinking about that shit for a long time. But when mm-hmm. this shit came up and everybody keeps saying yo the dark skin, I'm like yo, that's like if white folks be like yo the black person, the black guy, the mm-hmm. black guy, the white, you know what I'm saying? It just feel yeah. it feel weird. I'm I'm interested. Agreed on uh on on what you just said. I'm interested. Obviously, I've seen the trailers, so it looked like it's, you know, all roses and dandelions and candy and shit in the conversations that they have. But I'm curious to see the part where her and Will Smith are sitting down, not yes. the whole cast, um, but just her and Will, because they have real beef. We talking about yeah. Gucci and Jeezy, nigga. Yeah, they have real they have real differences. And I'm happy yeah. to see two um, adults, adults yeah. two black people, a brother and a sister, settle their differences peacefully yeah and hopefully they can move forward and I'm, you know I'm, what i'm happy to see i was happy that he did it with this reunion and not like a red table talk yes. you know what i'm saying like because that you didn't market it because a red table talk comes with drama yeah it comes with a spectacle yeah this comes and from it a just place comes of love it comes with an audience that's seeking that spectacle yeah. right like this comes with yo dog we're having a reunion for a show that you were a critical part of and before I bring you back into the room with all the rest of that cast, me and you need to sit down and talk. Because our differences didn't have anything to do with them. They were just impacted by it. 
Yo, so let's talk. I'm all for reconciliation. 100%. Reconciliation don't mean that we friends. Mm-mm. It mean we've reconciled. Yeah. We're not walking around angry. We're not. I mean, she was spiteful. Truth and reconciliation mm-hmm. is the key because both people are, and when you're dealing with anybody who's been wrong, the truth and reconciliation, let's put our things on, on the table. This is what I've done. Yeah. Um, you speak with you. We have to acknowledge what was happened, what has happened, and then you're able to move forward. Yeah. That's that's it's key. That's why America is never going to be right until y'all have a truth and reconciliation and y'all admit to what y'all did to us before we move over. Well, before America can reconcile, they must first acknowledge. That's the truth part. And 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 that acknowledgement that they won't give to the damage of 400 plus years of slavery and another X amount of years of Jim Crow and another X amount of years of crack and another X amount of years of gang violence and guns and another X like until you address any of that, we can't reconcile. Have a fight with your girl and think you're going to make up without an apology somewhere. Mm. It's not happening, fam. You're going to have to apologize. Somebody, we just never go, yo, we not mad no more. If it's, yeah. a, if it's an actual argument, not just no, you know, somebody, I don't know, fucking forgot to leave the toilet seat up. Y'all got to, you know, yeah. but like, film, you got to apologize. You have to. You literally have to. I'm never going to forgive you. Right? And the fucked up thing with America, um, black people in this country, rightfully so, have become so skeptical Um to the governing bodies and the leadership in this country that even if y'all did apologize mm, i don't know that i'm gonna trust that it's genuine like i need to see it consistently i don't need a and that's what i think the country believes they've done they have these little one-off instances where they acknowledge one thing and think all right nigga y'all ain't happy damn and saying sorry and apologizing are two different different things things. my mom always told me that you know what i'm saying like you're not expressing sorrow. Mm-hmm. You can apologize for the for the circumstance because ultimately it never was my goal to hurt your feelings. Right. I don't. I'm not sorrow. I don't have any sorrow because I shared the truth with you. I do apologize that that truth ended up hurting you. Mm-hmm. But I, I I wanted to get the truth out. There's a difference between say, hey, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. And hey, I apologize about how this how this took place. Um, the other half of an apology though is change behavior Facts. and again that's something that america don't know how to do clearly 2020 didn't shown us loud and clear nigga like if if ever there was a year where it was like brazen how disrespected we are in this country and how underappreciated we are and our contributions are it was this year um and and it's this current leadership and it's these current police i mean it's this current school system it's literally everything that's embodied or uh the embodiment of this country it's shown that y'all niggas behavior never changed y'all ain't never did nothing different y'all ain't never treated black people different so until y'all do mm, even if y'all apologize the behavior don't change nigga we ain't accepting it bro that's that's just what it is man so we will see man looking forward to that reunion i think that um having that entire cast just sit down and talk and laugh uh rest in peace to james avery uncle phil i think that that entire it's just a good idea and i feel like that's the feel good vibes we need going into the end of this year man like it's been a rough year for a lot of people it's been a rough year for a lot of um a lot of families it's gonna be good to have this like vintage throwback classic show 
uh, and just see everybody sit around and just sort of talk about the experiences and express the love that they have for one another. I'm very excited about that. Side note, um, was that I had to follow up with something earlier. Uh, Twitter also got someone else out to paint before it even fucking started. Who that? Are you familiar with Clubhouse? Yep. Did you get an invite to Clubhouse? Yep, got two. Oh, that's what's up. Um, I'm on there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but Twitter has its own Clubhouse now. Oh, they started something? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, get niggas out to paint before they even start. Yeah, smart move. And if you don't know what Clubhouse is, and you didn't get an invite, you're not popping. Yeah, <laughs> no, your friends don't love you. Um, also with that Clubhouse shit, I do want to make sure that niggas understand that whatever the popping new social media platform is that comes out, it will either be purchased. Or it will be mimicked by one of the big boys. Like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram are here to stay. Yo. And Instagram's owned by Facebook. So I tell you how early I was to get on um on Clubhouse. I got the username Jay Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no three one three. No three one three. That's funny. Jay Johnson is never available. That's funny. I'm on every social media site, whether I use the social media site or not. Yeah. I, I, I download that shit. I make my username. And then I get the fuck out of Dodge. That's funny. I did get Jay Johnson, though. I'm early on you hoes. Yeah, man. Um, Let's get into this Blackberry letter now, dog. Y'all already know what it is. We ain't did this in a couple weeks. I hope I ain't rusty, but when y'all hear that can crack, that mean your man back. This week's Blackberry letter is brought to y'all by HBO Max and the Fresh Prince uh, reunion. <laughs> So, you know what, man? Before we get into that Blackberry letter, because mm-hmm. the Blackberry letter is open for business. Facts. Um, I'm about to stop shooting out, shoot, shouting out these brands, man, um, unless they come in with some they dollars. They got to pay us. They um, got to pay us. I'm going to be serious about that. So They got to pay us. They got to come with the duckets. All right. Let's Here's go. the thing. What I really would like to do, and we, we had had a moment um, where we were just shouting out Detroit-based brands. Um, y'all can do commerce as well Y'all absolutely have A great opportunity to get some Good advertising on this podcast um, We do have a built in audience We have an audience that has actually From the ads we've done Connected like a lot of them People that we've worked with and done ads for Have partnered on their own Because yo I heard about you On their pod This Week in Culture I want to see if what I do and what you do we might could do something together, dog. And niggas have gone on and done great things. So call your friends. Get with my friends. Maybe we, we can, can be, be friends. friends. And you can ask anybody who advertised on this pod. Me and Jay are not taxing y'all nothing crazy. Like this shit is a hop, skip, and a jump out your wallet. It ain't shit. You can. We're reasonable and we flexible, man. We can go through everything. Um, as far as the uh the specs. So I was thinking today. Yeah. Uh, because I know how many streams. That I get from This Week in Culture. Yeah. And how many streams I get from Shop Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, we do well monthly. Yeah. So well, in fact, I'm bundling that shit together. Yeah. Uh, you pay, I mean, the <laughs> price of brick probably going to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but the ad go both places. You feel me? Yeah, man. Got a bigger reach. That's And that's, I love it. I love it, dog. We, we all black trying to make this shit make sense, man. Can you guarantee... That your ad is gonna reach at least ten thousand people this month? Can you talk about it? I don't know that you talk can talk about it. I don't know. Maybe you can, but I don't know that you can. We can. 
And sales pitch. Uh, I don't know that. So I go get an ad on WGLB. Uh huh. And that should play at three fifteen to whoever listening at three fifteen. Yep. And then you out of here forever. Yeah. Niggas listen to these podcasts forever. Back to back, back to back. Anyway, niggas run them five times a day. Literally, we got niggas who run these bitches right back soon as they aired it. Imagine them hearing your ad five, six times in a week. But it never ends. Oh, and then imagine getting that follow. And then imagine they purchase something. And then imagine they tell their friends. And now that 10,000 people reach that we got, then turned into 20. <sighs> if I was a brand, I'd want a part of that. But, 100%. you know, a lot of these small businesses ain't even got their website up yet. So I, I really don't know. You know who got to, a website? Who that? ShopTalkPodcastStudio.com. Visit it. I heard one of the homies <laughs> hit you up, too, man. She coming yeah. up here to start her pod, man. Good yeah. shit. Um, as always, if y'all want to start a podcast and y'all know me and don't know Jay, just hit me up. I'll tell you how to get in touch with my dog. You can go to ShopTalkPodcastStudio.com. Also, I spent a and lot you of can time book. on that website. You can book it right there. You can book it right there. But if you're not ready to book, if you feel like, yo, I just need some guidance before I get started... Hit me. I'll put you in touch with my dog, man. He's not, a, he's not a mean nigga. He's not an unapproachable dude, man. Like, you can get at Jay. He will guide you through this process and make sure your podcast comes out the way you want it. So This is fact. I do got a lot of social media accounts, so I'm not I ignoring mean, you. Yo, <laughs> I just may not have seen it. Nigga just told you, man. Find him in fucking, uh, what's the name of that shit? Clubhouse at Jay Johnson. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, this week's Black Betty, Blackberry letter. Um, Brought to you by Mexico. Black, Black Betty. Betty. That Black Betty. <laughs> My nigga at the Mediterranean spot said, buddy. I was like, nigga. All right. Um. This from the homie down in Vegas, man. What up, though? I ain't gonna throw your name out here just in case your people listen. It sound like it's personal. Uh, my brothers, peace, love, and power to the pod gods. This some wild shit. Okay. I love some wild shit. Let's go. My mother's youngest brother, who I affection, affectionately call Unk, is only 13 years older than me. My uncle is only 13 years older than me. He'll be 50 next year. So naturally, he's more of a big brother than an uncle. We talk often. He was telling me about a young lady he's been spending time with, spending time with in quotes, and how it's been going. They're still at a steady dating phase. Nothing committed. When I asked her what he was waiting on, or I'm sorry, when I asked him what he was waiting on to take to the next step, he said, in quotes, all caps, HER. <laughs> I'm waiting on her. Naturally, I'm thinking she's saying she's not ready for a relationship. That couldn't be further from the truth. She wants to be his main squeeze, but Unc refuses to commit to anything because she's poor in all caps. Not that she doesn't have money, but she's poor, not homeless, poor. She makes poor financial decisions. Like last year, she went and got a cash advance to go Black Friday shopping. Unc feels like He's a crutch because he's always helping her. He thinks she spins recklessly because she can always count on him to get her out of a bind. So Unk is Nate. And uh, Unk got fed up. He likes her, but he don't think he can build with her. So he offered to just pay her for sex. Keep it simple. Whoa. <laughs> that shit just took a turn Whoa. for the worse. He offered Whoa. to just pay her for sex. He Damn, figured Unk. that it would be a win-win since she's always in a bind, Nate. Damn, this Damn. heifer went off on Unk. Yes. She done blocked him on everything. Was Unk wildin' or did she react poorly? Sincerely, 
giggling ass nephew. <laughs> that was a great letter, by uh, the way. We, we appreciate you. We just got a voice note. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to run that off. I just um, downloaded it. Yo, yo, I was with Unc. Nigga. I was with Unc. First off, I had three different impressions about this. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes he like, yo, what you waiting on her? I'm thinking yeah. like. Oh, she bullshitting you. Because like, regardless of what niggas think, the woman is in control of every single relationship. Facts. Nothing moves forward in a relationship without the woman's permission. Facts. So you can be like, yo, I need the man to take it 100% lead taken or not. If you don't want that shit to move forward, it's not moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, so women, stop bullshitting. If it ain't working with the nigga, it's probably your fault because everything is ultimately up to you. Whether y'all have sex is up to you. Whether y'all in a relationship is up to you. Unless you get dumb, hit them air horns, bro. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, like you in control of the relationship, yeah. like in real yeah. life, like I nothing can go on unless the woman agrees to it. I can't be your boyfriend if you don't want me to be your boyfriend. That's just how it goes. I can't have sex with you if you don't want me to have sex with you. It's how it goes. Like in, unless you get dumped, yeah. you probably and nine times ten you probably gonna dump the nigga first. Like yeah. that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking like, oh, she bullshitting and I'm fed up. Yeah, yeah. and like, yo, I'm <laughs> trying to make this shit work, nigga. She, I'm still waiting. Mm. Uh, niggas got patience, but not that patient. Too, yeah. that much patience. So, but then it switched. It ain't unk bullshitting. Unk is on the same shit I'm on right now. Yeah, because unk got his life together. I'm not dealing with no poor person. Nah, no brokies allowed. I guess. Like I just can't do it. Come on, man. Like Come I got on, too man. much at stake. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Forty dollars. That's all you got. Come on, brokey. I be saying no. I don't. I don't want to do it. Oh, their card name right there. No brokey's a lot. NBA nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boys in the NBA. <laughs> what is he? Oh, boys shit. in the NBA are always hard. So <laughs> I was just about to say that, dog. Um, and pause. Pause. <laughs> um. But then it switched from yo, I unk, I feel you. You we on that same shit. No, to, unk tripping. Yeah, unk, like tripping. unk lost me in the third act now, of this shit. Now where's your dog. emotional intelligence at, my friend? Unk, you tried to turn her into a uh, prostitute. Tell me, you're fifty years old. Yeah, like you don't know how how. Where's your emotional intelligence? Yeah, come Not on. Not just unk. because it's a, a male female relationship. Like in general, you thought this was gonna go over well. You better than that, unk. You better than that, uh, You gonna call her a whore? Yeah. Yo, you make really bad decisions. So here, make another poor decision. Uh, I'm just gonna pay you for like. What the fuck is you thinking, nigga? Yeah. Like, do you respect this woman? Yo, shout out to Dame. Dame tweeted some shit earlier this week, and he was like, "Man, as much as he's talking about Twitter, like as much as I'm on this app, I can see y'all niggas don't really don't like women." Mm. Not that you don't find them attractive and want to have sex with them. Yeah. But y'all really don't like women. Yeah. Like, Finn, why would you, to a person that you thought about being in a relationship with, why would you proposition her as, let me just fuck, pay you for sex? Yeah. I mean, if you really care that much, why don't you help fix her financial situation, not by giving her money, but by helping her make better Teach her the motherfucking decision. game, unk. I'm saying. Come on, unk. Be like, hey, because dude said- she not poor financially. She makes bad decisions. Yeah. So like, hey, she I'm, not homeless. She just make bad decisions. Like, hey, um, we've been talking for a minute, and you know we got to know each got to know each other over time. 
know where you work and what you bring in, but I also see you you sometimes are in very tough financial situations, and I think there's a way out of that. Yeah. Um, if you would allow me uh, to provide a little bit of guidance, if you up to it, if you allow me to provide some guidance, I think we can we can help you out of your situation. Yeah. Um, where you don't have to do you don't have to take out a payday loan to get gifts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because if you do that and and, and build her up, she'll never leave you. Like why would you? Like you'll yeah. be her protector. You her like, fam, and, and if you really care about somebody, why, you should just be doing that anyway. Male, female, and other. If one of your homies yeah. make a good living for himself, but he keep fucking up and make bad decisions, yeah. help your man out. Help your friend out. A lot of the reasons that these relationships aren't working because y'all not even friends. Yeah, that's like, a fact. Do you like it as a per? Do you like this person? If if it's just scenario this shit. If I was with a woman and she said, yo, aunt, you cool? Or if you was with a woman and she said, yo, Jay, you cool? But that woman said, mm, I'd rather just pay you for the dick. My nigga, I'm going to take offense to that. <laughs> like, you're not going to pay me for sexual favors and then follow that up by saying, I'd rather do that because you always seem to be in a bind. And I still want to fuck. So, here, like, Unk, think about that approach, dog. You was never, I don't even know what Unk thought was going to happen after that. That's just disrespectful. It's though. a whole different level of disrespect. Like, yo, I really think you cool, but you can't handle your money. But I do still want to fuck you. So, how about I just give you money to fuck? Like, what? Would you, would you, would you want your daughter to be a, made that proposition? And Unk, you 50. You old enough to know better, dog. Come on, man. On some player shit, you old enough to know better than that, Unk. Come on. Now, I was with Unk through Acts 1 and 2, though. Now, if you would have said, yo, I'm just, I don't think this is going to work out on a romantic level. Yeah. I do think the physical attraction is there. Yeah. So, like, I'm just going to keep it on a, on a physical level. If she needs some money, I'll throw her some. Yeah. And, but, or like, when you, you literally, just, if you literally tell somebody, hey, how about I just pay you? Fam, that's a whore. Yeah. That's you a literally literal call it a whore. whore. Or, Unk, if you wasn't really, because clearly you don't like her, if you would proposition her to become a, a whore. You trying to make her make more bad decisions. But you also could have just said, yo, this ain't working out. And left it at that. Like, yo, man, I really, I like you. I'm attracted to you. Obviously, I like your sex. But. It's clearly a good hit. Yo, find it. Yeah, she doing something wild. Nigga. 50, though, hit that like, scary button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Nigga, get off his air horns. Like, how old is old girl, though? I was wondering that because he said young lady. So, I'm like, she might be like. And going probably, Black Friday shopping off the payday loan. That sounds like a 36 to 40 year old decision. So, yeah. I think what's going on is this. Yeah. Now that I didn't thought about it. Okay. This is a younger woman. Mm. Uh, he's an older man. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, he probably don't think she she want him in real life. Yeah. For him. Yeah. She so, thinks she using me for him. He might think she using me for money. In in order for me to save my embarrassment, I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that anyway and just pay her for it. Because I'm gonna be heartbroken if I fall for this young woman and she's really just using me. Mm. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self sabotage essentially. Yeah. Cause that's what it sounds like. Cause that, that don't even sound like a, a smart decision to be say, the person I've been dating for a long period of time, I'm just gonna tell them, hey, let's start paying you for sex. Fam, yeah. we've been dating. That's different. It's Unk not different. like a, it's not a chick that I just met. Nah. Fam, you you self-sabotaged. Unk different. I ain't I ain't know Unk was gonna move like that, man. Um 
He been spending time with her. I was ready to agree with the nigga, but yeah, no, you, you, you out of line, fam. Hey, uh, hey, to to cut that that sent in the letter. We just letting you know. Tell Unc and and Jay said you got to move better than that, bro. And that woman's body is worth more than that few dollars you about to give her. Yeah. That's just disrespect. And if he really like her, like if Unc really think he got feelings for her. Tell Unc to start teaching her the game, man. Um, don't offer her no money for sex. Offer her an opportunity to learn how to be better with her money, man. Period. Um, let's get into this voice note so we can get into this awesome throwback review, man. Shout out to the homie Macho for sending this voice note in. See what the homie talking about. Jay and Peace fam, uh, pod gods, how y'all doing? Hope all is well. Yo, this shit been on my mind for a while, but I can't talk about it with regular people because they're going to think I'm tripping. However, in Marvel's Avengers, Infinity War and Endgame, Thanos was not the villain. I think the Avengers were the villains. Thanks. Dig this. Thanos was actually God. Follow me on this. I'm not tripping. Thanos was actually God, and it's culturally related. I'll, I'll, I'll tie a bow on that in a minute. But Thanos was trying to do what was best for the earth. You did. He was trying to do what was best for the earth, kind of like God did with the flood, right? And he sacrificed his only begotten daughter, Gamora. Gamora was Jesus. You feel me? Y'all following me now? Talk Thanos me. was really Talk God, man. He was God. But y'all ain't feeling me like that. So me and my boy Tay Ray, we about to start a Christians for Thanos uh, support group. So if y'all want to join, y'all hit us up. Uh, Thanos was God. Uh, Thanos wasn't a villain. Uh, let me know what y'all think about that. I'm out. I mean, Jay and Peace fam. Hold up, hold Shout out to Mach and Tay Ray. Actually, yeah, yeah. Shout um, out to the homies, man. Um. I think my nigga, you bring up compelling points. I think he's on to something. And I remember saying after I think it might have been after the first Avengers, mm, I wasn't against Thanos' plan. Like what he wanted to do. I hated that he had to do it, but yo, the world kind of needs to be reset. And if you really want to bring it to like 2020, you think about the first COVID shutdown earlier this year. Nigga, Earth was doing better for a minute. The air pollution had like lessened. Fucking crops were growing better. Niggas weren't outside polluting the fucking world the way that they're doing again. It was like better for a minute outside, nigga. Like actual earth. Not outside where it's lit at, but outside where trees grow. Outside where fucking plants and crops and food grows. Animals was doing better. Like the rainforest was in a better condition than it had been for the last four or five years. It was like, yo, earth kind of needed to be reset. And then once we let you niggas back out, y'all went back out there and fucked up earth. But... Yeah, man, Thanos wasn't um he wasn't off in what he was trying to do. Um, there's too many people on Earth. Um, Earth been overpopulated. It's too many people on Earth. That's why Jay got to start shooting these motherfuckers, dog. It, Get them out of here. It's too many people on Earth to sustain what it takes to be a human these days. Mm. Um, and the only way to fix it and save the Earth is if it's not as many people as it is currently. Mm-hmm. So you do whatever you want with that piece of information yeah. But things are happening because of that Euthanasia I don't care how old they are <laughs> <Asia>. <laughs> But <it's> like, <laughs> Hey Mach, Say Ray man we appreciate both Y'all brothers man uh, Christians for Thanos support group coming soon uh, It'll probably just His be only begotten His only begotten daughter Gamora Which was a bar by the way Cause oh nigga hold up Gamora Sodom and G- Come on dog 
I'm saying. Come on, dog. Where the Bible at? Did you know that? Anyway, I'm sorry. So, come on, dog. That's a whole nother podcast. You know some weird Bible facts? <laughs> you know Mary was like 13 years old, dog? Why was she with a 90-year-old man? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, like, but wasn't giving him no pussy. Oh, shit. Uncle's Joseph. I'm saying. Mary was the. Oh, my God. Mary, now she got a baby. Come Single on, mom, man. 13. Come on, man. And a little lamb. Come on, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the. <laughs> <laughs> the Lamb of God. Come hey. on, man. Yo. Come on, man. Yo. They ain't no. Come on, man. We've been a little lamb. Come on, fam. We've been talking about Jesus since before Jesus. And was what Jesus. do shepherds do? Come on, man. They oh, slaughter the lamb. You got a sacrificial shit. lamb, nigga. Oh shit. Come on, man. Drop one of clues, bomb. Yo. Yo. I swear we I don't even smoke weed. If I <laughs> ate an edible before I came up here, nigga, this convo would have got a lot different, man. All right, yo. Y'all already know what it is, man. Um, this week in culture, we specialize in throwback reviews of classic black films. This is one of them. Boys in the Hood was not just a classic. It's one of like the classics. Yeah. Um, it's literally in the, the national registry. Like they didn't, they said like, this has to be preserved Let's share um, for generations to come. Let's share some experiences. Like you remember, where did you first see boys in the hood at? The Northwest on Grand River, 1991. How old were you in 91? Uh, I was, uh, when was I born? I was seven. Mm. I was seven. Um, and I think that came out June of 91, I believe. Let me I'm gonna, It was summertime. Yeah, I think it was June of 91. Um so I was almost 8 years old. Um or I'm sorry, I was 6. I was almost 7. Pardon me. Uh when this came out. So, yeah, July 2nd, 91. So, I was almost 7 years old when I saw this. I saw it with my mom, uh a couple of my cousins and one of my aunts. How was your mom at that time? How old? Yeah. Uh, my mom at the time was, yeah, shit, probably 30, 91. Yeah, I think she um she would have been 31 later that year. Okay. Yeah. So um, I saw this movie with my parents. Yeah. My mom and my dad. And if you know my parents, <laughs> this don't seem like the type of – so we was at the drive-in. And this movie played along with Terminator 2. Mm. So I don't remember if they was there to see Terminator <laughs> or if they was there to see Boys in the Hood. But like knowing my mom and my dad, I don't know them as children, though. Not children, but my mom would have been 31 at the time. So my dad would have been 32 um, in 91. Okay. Um, but like, because my mom was born in 60. Yeah, my mom was born in 1960. Um, so like... I don't know why. Yeah, me and my brother, we was back. We was in the we was in the back seat. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you know the driving. You get two movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we definitely watched Terminator Two. Yep. And we saw Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Um, and that's like one of like I remember watching that movie vividly. Yeah. Through the back seat, it's like so. In my in my memories of it, I see my parents' silhouette, and I see like you know mm. me looking through the middle. So, mm. um. I do remember both of those movies. I remember that time. I mean, it was at the four Wyoming. Yep. yep. Um, that was just a 
that's just one of those memories that stick out. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, to me, um, was funny. So I saw that there. I, I mean, I saw a lot at the Northwest, but I saw in this genre, Boys in the Hood and Menace at the same theater. Um, and I'm almost certain with the same group of people: my mom, my aunt, and two of my cousins. So what's interesting is I remember being there and watching a movie. But all my memories from the actual movie are from later in life. Mm. Mm. So I don't, I, rem- I don't remember absorbing all of what was going on in Boys in the Hood. Yeah. At nine years old, I, I likely fell asleep. How you know did saying? you feel rewatching this? Oh, um, for those of y'all who are listening to this point, Boys in the Hood is currently available on Netflix. Please go watch it before it gets removed, like Boomerang did. Um, and then you got to go pay two dollars for it. How did you feel rewatching this this week? Like, not just at 37, 38 years old, but right now, this week, how did you feel rewatching the movie? Um, I respected the movie so much more. Yeah. Um, when I when I did the rewatch. Yeah. Um, and I was able to um see or notice when John Singleton was trying to inform the audience mm-hmm. and us uh, of things that was going on in our society, or and like I, I I saw all the times there was a message, yeah, that folks weren't picking up, and I was like, man, this is 1991, yeah, and I mean, 30 years later, the same things are plaguing us right now. And I mean, I got it. Uh, I got it pulled up. I don't want to get into it yet, but obviously, the famous gentrification speech that um, that furious Lawrence Fishburne's character uh, got out there and spoke to Trey and Ricky about. Um, I didn't realize that I heard gentrification before. Yeah, yeah. This was literally the first time that I heard that word was this movie. Um, and it's it's funny you talking about the memories that you have. Like you can vividly remember seeing the movie, but the memories about the actual movie and like its impact on you are all from like later in life. Yeah. Um, cause when I'm conscious enough to yeah, know what I'm seeing, I, cause I remember seeing the movie. I remember obviously seeing this speech, but remembering when it actually impacted me, that was only a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't when I was six years old dog. And, um, I, I think that on this rewatch, so I've always said that I felt, Obviously, Boys in the Hood, classic, Menace, classic. Growing up, I always felt like Menace, to me, connected with me a little bit more because at the time, it was more raw. What's so crazy? It was like a year and a half later. Apart, yeah. That shit seemed like it was miles apart. And and when I think about it, it's kind of funny because I'm glad you brought that up. I thought about why I felt like Menace felt more raw. Yeah, granted, the movie was a bit more graphic, a lot more cursing, and um, more violent. Like, obviously. Uh, But what I think I felt that way my entire life up until this rewatch was because Menace came post-L.A. Rodney King riots. Mm. Boys in the Hood came pre-L.A. riots. It was, this shit was six months after. Yeah, yeah, like, there there was half a year gap between the 92 riots and the Rodney King verdict um, and, and Boys in the Hood being released. So, because Boys in the Hood was before... Yeah, everything that was going on in the world was it was real and Boys in the Hood was like the world's first real lens into what was happening in black America and inner city um gang violence and that sort of thing. But I think Menace 
coming after it felt like menace had captured what we just saw like the reason that, for the anger that we had just had during the riots and, and what's interesting is boys in the hood i think took off so much now when did south central come out before or after boys in the hood let's see i think we after. did this when we talked menace yeah south central was close in the menace it was 92 so like yeah colors came out first yeah colors was definitely first but that seemed older and i think colors was 88 okay um and you film, know film and film filmography changed from 88 to 91 because this looked and was shot differently and because ice cube is who ice cube was mm-hmm. it brought in a uh you were more connected to the characters yeah um because it was ice cube and speaking of colors um for those who didn't know and i'm not sure if you knew jay but colors was one of several reasons that john singleton made boys in the hood um mm-hmm. he didn't like colors said yo that's it's a fucking buddy cop movie nigga it's not about the gangs in la y'all essentially marketed gang violence in la to promote a buddy cop drama yep i don't like that and then Another film he didn't like, which I couldn't agree with him on, but uh, New Jack City, John Singleton wasn't a fan of that either. And he was like, I get that New York is different, but he was like, again, when y'all was trying to capture like the drug trade and how crack impacted the world, how could you create that movie about crack in New York and I, not in L.A.? Yeah, I, when I'm looking back at this, at Boys in the Hood as a super adult, mm-hmm. with my full cognitive abilities, yeah, I saw more compassion and boys in the hood and more thoughtfulness and i didn't see the glorification of the drugs yeah like a new jack city it made that shit look cool the very first thing you see not words but the very first image you see in boys in the hood is stop it's a stop sign and it's a metaphor and it's literally stop killing each other in these neighborhoods y'all y'all are black stop nigga stop the gang violence stop the retaliation the last thing you saw was boys in the hood increase the peace yep literally literally so if you want to put those together stop stop boys in the hood increase Increase the the peace peace. like so yes there was violence inside of boys in the hood 100 um and we'll get into it and there was coded um gang activity um if you know what to look for now you can see it and know it because we know a little bit of Los Angeles is uh, street culture and whatever, but like, yeah. um, I didn't get. There was no glorification in that movie yeah. for me. So I think, um, going back to to my my thoughts upon this rewatch this week, um, I have to retract everything I've ever said about boys in the hood versus menace like naturally people compared them they came out you know uh less than i think almost like nine months apart. well i don't know that it was a full year it might have been like 10 11 months apart um it was natural to compare the two they were both set right in the heart of uh los angeles county um and and it felt like these were competing movies talking about the same subject matter but rewatching Boys in the Hood. Oh shit, Boys in I mean Menaces came out in 93. 93, pardon me, pardon me. So yeah, um I always thought 92. So South Central was the in the middle of the two. Why do you think real quick kind of a uh, random aside? Why do you think South Central was less I guess acclaimed? 
during that time? Like, why wasn't South Central menace? Well, I don't know that South Central had a giant impact on me. And I watched that tape. Same, same. I watched that tape so many times. But in in, in actuality, it's probably because of the actors. Mm. Lorenz Tate blew up to be something big. 100%. MC8 and Two Shirt was in that movie. 100%. Like, Jada Pinkett blew up to be something big. Um, like, Sharif, though he wasn't a giant, a big actor, like, we knew who he was. Yeah. In South Central, we know... Um, we knew who he was from Boys in the Hood. Sharif. Yeah. Like, um, I just I don't I don't know why it didn't I mean I don't know but because it got a lot of quotables yeah one hundred percent I mean South Central was one of my faves it just in real life it's the rappers mm. it's the hip it's hip hop influence yeah because Menace Society had hip hop influence I mean yeah. Pac was supposed to be in it like it had rappers in it Colors was an IC album like essentially yeah um, Boys in the Hood with 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 um ice cube and that soundtrack yeah. like it was it brought in a different audience yeah colors was just colors yeah um south central was just south central yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that though, though it was a great and movie and also me, colors was successful because it was led by sean penn and robert duvall like yeah. it had two white leads that kind of took it in a different direction um but yeah south central kind of i feel like it's sat south central is the movie version of rock to me where this was a phenomenal movie when I look at it and I'm I'm saying like did you accomplish the the story that you wanted to tell South Central absolutely did that rock did that on television but for whatever reason they don't get mentioned a lot when you start to have the conversations about this genre I don't know why I watched Boys in Hood on Netflix like I didn't I didn't, I didn't like buy, didn't buy it <laughs> I, forgot that I, I forgot that I bought it um, oh at the end of this uh, I wanted to I wrote this down when you hit me about um them other joints that was available let's read off some of the joints that's available to purchase for the low on uh, Apple uh, Eddie Murphy was uh, I'm sorry Eddie Murphy coming to America was like $4 $4 yep um, you know Eddie Murphy was supposed to be Furious Styles was he? Did you know that? I'm yeah, glad he was not. Yeah, um, they they initially Where wanted. Am I? Eddie could have pulled that off. He would have been obviously a completely different like approach than Lawrence gave us. But Eddie was who they wanted for Furious. I'm I'm uh, no, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, little little random well, I fact don't know. there. Because I would like, have been interested to see because at that point Eddie was in his comedic prime. I don't. I don't want him to. I don't want his him to have a funny dad. But what we learned later was Eddie is a great dramatic actor. We just at that point it we was didn't really know that. Well, it might have been low key when the humor could have been when they was cutting his hair and doing mm -hmm. all like because it was him. It was like lighthearted shit. Yeah, yeah. and he might have been more effective at that than Lawrence. Not that Lawrence did a bad job, but Eddie in that role might have felt a little bit more like. Daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have felt I'm glad Lawrence did. I'm one hundred percent glad, but I thought that was a very when I was looking up like my little known facts and shit, that was one that cause with is Boys in the Hood, we know a lot of that shit. That was one that I was like, Oh damn, I had no clue. They initially wanted Eddie. Um, but I got South Central in here. That ain't work. Oh shit, you bought South Central dope. I got I still got South Central on D V D. Um All right, man, so and let's New Jack City. <laughs> I mean like they, send, they they sell all this shit every once in a while. Goat every shit. month on the first of every month, 
they um drop uh, yeah. a deals on iTunes. Cheap movies. joints. We're gonna read y'all a couple cultural joints at the end of the pod. Let y'all know what you could purchase on iTunes right now. I drop them in the group every time I come across. Facts. Them. He does. And if y'all go in there, it's in there on the Facebook group. Follow us at This Week in Culture. Um, more more sort of like leading to uh to Boys in the Hood's creation. So Boys in the Hood was an idea that John had in the early eighties. Um, when he was entering film school at USC. His film school application, um, one of the things on there was, we need you to give us basically three synopses for a movie that you would create. One of them was a movie called Summer 84. It was about John Singleton's life in South Central in the summer of 1984. People, he Every character in Boys in the Hood was based on somebody real in John Singleton's life. He had this idea eight years before boys in the hood even had a name again it was summer 84 was the initial title for this movie he had that in i think he entered film school in like 1984-85 um so this idea was from a teenager dog and i I bring that up because it makes me think of like we're creatives we live in a very creative space jay and i i know we try to execute every idea we have but i bring it up to encourage our audience like, fam, go forward in whatever the fuck is on your mind, whatever you feel compelled to do, whatever you feel led to do. John Singleton was the youngest and the first black best director nominee at the Oscars because he went forward with an idea he had when he was going to film school at USC as a teenager. He went forward with it seven, eight years later and created this film. Um, he also something else i want to encourage niggas to do he stuck to his guns after the movie was bought um the production company tried to get rid of him they offered him a hundred thousand to leave them the script we already bought your script now we want to offer you another hundred k to let us do what we want with your script you can't direct he said nigga if i don't direct it i'll buy my script back yeah not playing with my movie nobody he said he would had Eddie in it if you did. <laughs> and he was he literally said, I don't want anybody from fucking Idaho or some little rich part of fucking California directing my film and trying to interpret this script that I wrote seven years ago when I was in the heart of this gang violence and this crack epidemic. You're not gonna know it like I know. You don't get it. You're not gonna understand it in and, and you're not going to feel it like I feel it. And when I feel it, it's different. When I'm passionate about it, it hits just a little bit differently, man. And when I was rewatching the movie this week, I could really see the passion that John Singleton had for this film, dog. Like, you can see, it's so many little nuances. Right, again, right from the beginning of the movie, the opening scene is a stop sign. He's trying to tell you something. As the kids are walking to school and they go and they see the little crime scene or whatever, and you see them, uh, them Reagan Bush bullet holes in it. signs with bullet holes all in them and it's saying you know re-elect reagan bush administration like yo there were things in this movie that you just shit even when you seen like trey walking down the street and the dice game behind him and the nigga try to steal from the dice game and get his ass well like that shit happened so casually you might not even notice it dog and it's just like these things were happening i can't remember which song off the soundtrack is playing dog i think it's like tony 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 just me and you i might be wrong but i think just me and you was playing when dookie get his chain snatched by the crackhead and then they go jump that nigga like wearing an easy does it shirt yeah like dog oh, no the, the shirt had we want easy yeah and it was yeah. funny that ice cube That's in 91 was fucking up a nigga on the car on the streets with a we want easy shirt so another little known fact um the entire nwa was supposed to be all of them trey i can't remember who oh will smith was supposed to be trey that's who they wanted 
Um, but Will Smith was currently film. They were starting Fresh Prince when this was filming, and he couldn't commit. Yo, um, I wouldn't be mad at that. I would have loved Will Smith as Trey. I loved Cuba as Trey, but Will Smith would have killed it as Trey. I don't know now. I think in, Will would have killed this. Well, in 1991, we did not get, yo, Will's a great actor because Fresh Prince hadn't even started yet. And I don't know what I would have took Will Smith as gangster mm. after the comically, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the cartoony, the 1-800 number. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I may not have took his. But you then as, you remember his song? You saw my blinker, bitch. Yeah. He thugged out that bitch in traffic. <laughs> Wrinkle a little bad looking like a Sharpay. Uh, I used to listen to that nigga tape. Um, the cassette. But um, I don't know. But I th- Will Smith uh, could have. He could have he did these. Yeah, Will Smith was supposed to be Trey. And then the entire rest of the cast, like that main group, um, the older cast, obviously, was supposed to be NWA. And then obviously when NWA broke up, that doesn't happen. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they got the actors that they got, but um, John Singleton was very like, I know we can't get the whole NWA like we wanted, but I still want Ice Cube. Like, that I'm sticking to. Ice Without John Singleton pulling Ice Cube for that movie, we don't have Ice Cube as we know him today. 100%. Yep. Ice Cube got his inspiration to do all the shit that he did with film and television from John Singleton. Like, it literally, that was the catalyst for Ice Cube to become the Ice Cube who turned into more than just one of the greatest rappers ever. And acknowledge my nigga is one of the greatest rappers ever. Y'all better stop fucking around. Um, also, do you know uh, why John Singleton chose Morris Chestnut and Cuba Gooding? Um, I feel like I heard before, but I don't remember. Essentially, they was the only two to audition for like weeks. But like... Morris was the first and only person for weeks to audition for Ricky. Cuba the same for Trey. And eventually John Singleton was just like, all right, they did good enough. <laughs> like, we wrote them niggas. And then they started getting more people coming down. And that nigga was like, eh, I, I kind of just want to move to first niggas. Like, where y'all been at? We've been waiting weeks. Ain't nobody been in this line. We've been sitting in this room. Fuck it. We going with Trey. Um, or we going with Morris and Cuba. So it's also the first time that we saw the legend. Regina King Outside of 227 It's her first film Yeah And did you see um, And shout out to the homie French She posted this in uh, in the Facebook group But I was going Mentioning on the pod That uh, Poetic Justice And Boys in the Hood Lived in the same universe um, That scene in Poetic Justice Where she tells Joe, Joe Torrey I'm gonna have Dookie and Monster Fuck you up it was Dookie a monster from Boys in the Hood. Like it was, it was set in that same world, and her character was supposed to be the same from uh, from Boys in the Hood. I mean, if we want to be real, Boys in the Hood and Men in Society lives in the same universe. And yeah, the nigga. Well, that's seven years. Yeah, it still works because Sharif stole Ricky's football mm-hmm. and. Uh, when um, Sharif father in Minnesota society said he's an ex knucklehead turned Muslim. Yep, living in that him. same in South Central area, ex knucklehead turned Muslim, and niggas knew he used to mm-hmm. he used to be out here. 
So and that's the thing. Uh, the the dude that Sharif plays in Boys in the Hood, um, is supposed to be a Rolling Sixties crit, and again, you can relate that to yo a couple years later. Well, I mean, it would have been years. So Boys in the Hood is set in two years, nineteen eighty four and nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Um, when they little kids, it's eighty four. Year I was born. When they grown, it's ninety one. So Sharif in eighty four was out there rolling sixties cripping, doing his thing, and then. Come 93, when Menace comes around, now he older, he out, he living life different. He got turned Muslim independent, now he living his life a little better. It's it's interesting how these things tied into one another, even though at the time they seemed like, nigga, pick which one you like best, because they so different. And the nigga who gave him his his football back was Bear from South Central. Facts. Facts. Um, And did you know, now this was one thing I did not know. When they're little, right after they get the football back and uh, Doughboy says, I'm going to the store, and they do that whole thing. So when Doughboy and young Chris are getting arrested and the little kid runs up with the jerry curl and says, what happened? That's Ferris. That little kid is Ferris. That's young Ferris that ends up being a part of Ricky getting killed later. I found that out today. I think I found that out. Yesterday, the day before yesterday, because I watched it with the 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 um the the captions on, mm-hmm. and the captions said, mm-hmm. "I literally, when I saw it, that's what happened." And I said, "Who the fuck?" Like when I first saw it, I said, but "Who it, the fuck's Ferris?" But it don't match up. It didn't match up because I'm like, "How would Ferris be a Crenshaw Mafia blood?" And they supposed to be a Rolling Sixties. No, it don't match up because uh, Ferris is 27 years old. He was older than them. Yeah. But when you look that big ass boy, he a big he bigger than uh Trey and them when he run up. When like when he runs up, he is a little bit bigger than them. Mm. Cause I thought he looked if you really want to get funny, uh, you know that nigga on Instagram, Filet. The Filet he be like doing like the highlights from like basketball games and boxing matches and shit, the little funny nigga. The dude who got the Jerry Curl to play Young Ferris looked like him. And I was like, wait, why this nigga face look familiar? I looked that nigga up. That's how it be, though. Yeah. Like, it, it, that was a very interesting piece because I never knew that that was supposed to represent um, Young Ferris. But And that threw me, it threw me off because when I saw Ferris, I'm like, how did, did everybody know? Like, how do you know who this is? And it yeah. wasn't until later that we found out who Ferris was. Yeah, yeah. So... Let's let's talk about the movie, man. Um, it's no need for us to necessarily do like scene by scene breakdowns, but just kind of thematically, I, Boys in the Hood was about relationships, dog. Yeah. So let's start towards the beginning. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Not scene yeah, by scene. Yeah, yeah. But like but set to one scene. of one of the the things that I I, I noticed right off the bat that John mm-hmm. Singleton was trying to break um, the stereotype of black fathers not being in their lives. Yep. Yep. Um, Off top. That's the relationship I wanted to address. Um, Off top. Black fathers not being in their lives. Um, young Trey was clearly a very intelligent young man, mm-hmm. uh, but he probably wasn't being challenged enough in school, so he was playing around. Um, his mom, he wanted to highlight the fact that the the, the out-of-touch white teacher called home, was like, are you on welfare or something yeah. like that? Are you working? His mom like, like uh, I'm getting my master's degree. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, you would assume that, oh, he's she's a single mom or some shit like that. But, no, I'm sending him to his father. He has a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw off, off, off bail that, yo, his father instills in him all these – all these good things or whatever. And they wanted to show, I thought he was very diligent in the fact that 
because the two parents aren't together. And this is a, a message not to white people, mm. to black people. Um, that I can show you, even though these two people are from the hood and they're not together, yeah. that they don't have to have a combative relationship. Yeah. It can be an amicable parental situation. Yeah. Yeah. And even though that we may not agree on everything, we do it peacefully. We meet, we have yeah. a sit down, we have conversations. It don't got to be, yo, baby mama, baby daddy, you this, you that. Like we can be our separate and still be co-parenting. Yeah. It was a really good example of co-parenting. Something I noticed right in the beginning, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that, when she brings Trey to South Central, because they lived in Inglewood, um, Trey and his mom. I didn't know her name was Reva, uh, but Trey and Reva lived in Inglewood. When she brings him to his dad's house in South Central and she drops him off, she says, let me talk to you. It wasn't a drop off. And I think it stood out to me because I know a lot of parents with young kids right now who aren't with the other parent. And when they exchange custody, it's literally a drop off. And I thought that that was kind of cool. Like, yeah, she was dropping Trey off on some long-term shit it wasn't for the weekend but i did think it was just interesting that she said sit down in the car let me tell you what i expect let me tell you what i want from this he getting into trouble i know you're the only one who can teach him to be a man something else i thought that was really effective that she said that out loud and she stressed well it was made a point that that he came over on the weekends yep, because him and Doughboy yep. was having a conversation. Oh, this is not just yeah, the weekend. Yeah, it's not just the weekend thing anymore. So, like, let me try to build some of that in the background. Yeah. And it was it was also known via, you know, clever writing that this is not something that you're doing to me. This is something I've been asking for. Yeah. I've been wanting yeah. my son. And she you, said, quote, you wanted your son. Now you got him. You wanted full custody of him. You wanted to switch this thing around, and now you got him. I thought that was impactful, not only because of, obviously, just a black father saying out loud, I want my child, I want custody, I want to raise him. I said that shit on this podcast years ago. Yeah. Um, if for whatever reason I have a child with a woman and it doesn't work out, I want the kid. Yeah. Not because I think you're unfit or yeah. anything like that. I'm sure you're fit because I had a child with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want the kid. I'm not yeah. one of the people who don't want to be involved. or no, I don't want you to, to have to birth. I want the kid. And to have a mother say, I tried it my way, but clearly he's lashing out. He's The teacher said the nigga's smart as shit, but he got a bad attitude. He needs discipline. And my way, not saying that moms can instill discipline, but there's a certain level of manliness Mom's only to instill discipline. Well, um, let me not. I'm not speaking. I'm speaking in generalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right You're not speaking in, in facts. I'm not speaking in absolute. Yeah. But only to a certain extent. There's a point as a coming from a nigga with no children. <laughs> oh, because we don't have no kids. Coming Let's from be clear. A, a non-mom. Let's be clear. But I was a little boy. So I know more than you two. In relation to boys growing up. Yeah. So I got the authority to speak on this type of shit. Facts. There's a period in your- in Let's your, keep it a buck. I'm a man, dog. I'm going to just throw that out there. And you also have a rare podcast where both of us have both our parents. Like, we were raised by both of our parents. There's a moment in time where you're not going to be able to physically discipline your son. 
or there's a period of time where your son is going to act like you may think that your son don't like you or don't love you or whatever because it's just a it's just it's just natural yeah you always i went through a point where i thought my mom swore i didn't like her mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there was a period that my she was like you know i thought you didn't like me I'm like what that's crazy of course i, lo- I love, love you. you you know what i'm saying but yeah. there's just a period where it's like yo this not i don't want to be mama's boy right now yeah. i want to be man i think it's two phases in life more than any that a man will relate better to his father than he does to his mother not that there's an issue with him and his mother but that he and his father can just find themselves to be a little bit closer i think it's um growing into adolescence Mm -hmm. so becoming a teenager uh and manhood like actual when you in them late 20s early 30s and you really start transitioning into your life we out of school we out we live in now we paying rent we going to work we taking care of bills we doing all that shit on our own those two periods i feel like you and your dad have to be with one another and i i employ people who have sons and may not be with the other parent make sure that if your son is entering into that teenage phase that his relationship with his dad if at all possible is strong also before he gets into the teenage stage you make sure that the example that he sees from you mm-hmm. is one that is respectful of women. Yeah. Because how you treat women is a, has a large impact on how he will treat women. How you treat his mom will have a large impact on how he treats women. Yeah. Like it really does. And not only that, kind of extending off that, make sure the example that your child sees how you speak about their father is positive because if you talking shit about the and not just to that if you talking shit about the other parent who doesn't have primary care and then at some point in their adolescence y'all gotta switch households because hey this nigga just becoming too much fam they ain't gonna want to be around their dad if you've talked shit about their dad and said how much of a whole ass nigga he was all the time so make sure you're speaking positive affirmations into the other parent dog and and that your child knows that other parent is not a fuck boy or a fuck girl um and i mean if they're a fuck boy or a fuck girl that's one thing but if they're a good parent who wants their child and who wants to do right by their child make sure that the child knows that when they're not in the other parents care like reiterate that reaffirm that for that kid so when uh when when trey goes to his dad's crib off top after furious and reva talking to car Trey over there kicking it with Doughboy and Chris. They talking shit. He letting them know the situations. Then Furious come over there, and he said, nigga, rake these leaves. We setting it. That's the discipline right there. We starting it from minute one. I'm telling you, you got to do a job. You ain't just finna be in this house sitting around essentially doing what Doughboy was doing across the street. You ain't finna be doing that. You finna be in this house, and you about to do some work. You going to earn your keep around this bitch. I'm not trying to punish you. I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm trying to teach you responsibility. That's what he told him. It's something that you got to do with your son, dog. Like, you can't just, your son can't just exist. And I feel like a lot of moms, and again, I know I'm not a mom. I don't claim to know what moms go through. I don't claim to be a woman. I don't claim to be a parent. But I know that at a certain point, if the mom feels like her and the son are aren't relating and she feels like the son is combative and we not getting along and i don't understand my son no more because he growing up and he becoming a wild teenage boy 
it's probably going to be difficult for her to really discipline them. So I would imagine that moms in that instance would probably just let them be. Like, yo, you just do your own thing. Like, you you become a man. And it's that, that hands-off approach, that's when that dad needs to step up. Like, yo, you right. can't teach him to discipline and you can't teach him the responsibility that he needs to know as a man because he kind of... You can't wait till the, the kid's 16 and try to teach that either. You got to instill it like early. For the most part, nigga, at 16, he who he going to be. Man. I mean, you clearly change... Yeah, one hundred percent. But like some 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 life character tra- characteristic traits are uh are established early on. Yeah. So ideally, that's like Nas. By the way, yeah. Uh, shout out to y'all who responded to my uh that that one post. Uh huh. You niggas know my heart. Facts. Um, Nas is the only person, the only rapper, and I challenge you to think another one. Okay. Um, who has rap songs multiple that are. Talking about a good relationship with his father. Mm. There are a million songs, Dear Mamas, and I Love My Mama. Name me one song from a rapper who rapped about his father. Positively. Yeah. Can't. You know what I'm saying? He 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 um he rapped a, in a song where um him and his basically him and his his mom and his dad were uh not gonna be together, but he stayed along his dad stayed around long enough to he for him to get to his adolescent years and teach him certain shit mm-hmm. before he went all away. And he said that shit with like admiration. Yeah. Like, yo, he said that's why I was still around my dad was still around when I popped up. And to 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 till he went to the Help him through his first fight through the fourth grade, the whole nine yard. Like, fam, you got to be there early yeah. and set some things. Even if me and your mom not gonna be together, I'm gonna stick around because I know certain things I can't do on the weekends. Can't teach. You I that. need to be here through your adolescence and through your your early childhood development so that we give you a good foundation. Because yeah. without on a shaky foundation, three little pigs, nigga. No, that's real shit, dog. And. I feel like um, in that initial scene when when Trey is dropped off and, like, your relationship with your dad, this is the man you're going to base all your principles, all your your morals, all your codes. They're going to come from that relationship with your dad. If you don't have a relationship with your dad, they're going to come from people who can't really give you that no matter who they are like your mom can't really give you that your uncle your granddad like nobody's gonna really be able to give you what your dad is gonna give you dog and that game that Lawrence Fishburne was teaching him was it was like within a few hours I taught you how to be responsible I taught you how to do chores how to keep a clean house how to earn I just offered your friends five dollars to rake my lawn you you doing it for free why because this is your crib I taught you how to take care of your property and then a couple hours later, in the middle of your sleep, I taught you how to protect your house. Because this house almost got, well, it, it did get broken into. And when dog broke into the house, I came right up, up to Blicky. You in the bathroom. I ain't even, ain't no warning, nigga. You coming in, my, in here with my kid? I'm trying to blast your motherfucking head off, dog. I'm teaching you how to fucking build your home, keep it maintained, and protect it. And what he taught him was, yo, I know you out here playing with your fans, but go get that damn rake. Yeah. And wake up these fucking leaves. It's business to be handled. And I'll pay you five dollars. It's business to be handled, dog. Like this is business. Hey. Yo, um, when they went fishing, you tell me the three, whatever he called yeah. them. Oh. Um, like those are different Shit, things. Even when they first um after he finished uh raking the leaves, nigga, they go in the crib and then start working out. 
Now I'm teaching you about uh, keeping your physical health together. And then while they working out, he asked him, what's the rules of the house? Nigga, like, Furious for, did you know Furious' name was Jason? It was Jason Furious Styles? No, I did not. Yeah, I found that out today. Where um, did he say that at? Uh, that was just in the script. Mm. That's what it was, yeah. So, right in the beginning, you're seeing why his mom said, you know what? I like the I'm name Furious, by the way. First of all, Furious Styles is probably one of the hardest names ever. Like, think about it. That's a hard Furious name. Furious Styles. Yeah. That's a rap name like a yeah. motherfucker. I got a homeboy, uh, and shout out to my nigga, um, used to be my Nike plug, now he act like he don't know me, but uh, my homeboy, Marty Styles, and his brother name is hard as fuck. That nigga name is like, like, <laughs> I ain't gonna say his brother name, but his name, cool as shit, dog, but yeah, that's their real name. Furious Styles is hard as shit. Um, <laughs> dog, Trey Styles, yeah, they was getting it. Styles is a hard last name, dog. So, it's a tweet going around that says, what's a random lyric that you say from a, um, a rapper or, or a song right now? And everybody been retweeting this shit. Yeah. But randomly, it'd be nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Jason. <laughs> this dope money here is Lil Trey Scholarship. Out of nowhere. From Kanye. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but that huh. shit comes out of nowhere. This dope money here is Lil Trey Scholarship. It was so many layers in this movie, dog. Um... Cause even down to like I I think rewatching this shit, I was really like deeply diving into the scene when the recruiter came by to talk to Ricky. Yeah, like that scene. It was so many things happening in that scene, dog. Like from the minute he pulled up, and the PTSD that had you thinking this was a nigga trying to do a drive by. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's not so even let's, get there let's, yet. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about so so they little kids. The crew there, Trey there now. He yeah. he officially in the neighborhood. Yeah. So um, at the beginning of the movie, you know, it was like uh one of the little oh shit, my favorite fucking scene. My mm. bad. Before he goes to live with his dad. Oh, nigga. um, he's in there making jokes and she was like, oh you, you oh Mister uh, Styles, you 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 yeah, you, you want to come and teach a class? All right, yeah, fine, I bet teach a class. Like yo. What are you going to talk about? We're going to talk about Africa. Pulled the map down. Got He's the like, ruler. Show you. Africa is the biggest place and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, my daddy say that the body of the first man was found in Africa. Found in Africa. So that means we all from Africa. All from Africa. You from Africa. You from Africa. I ain't from Africa. I'm from Christian Mafia. He walks up. This whole little thing. Yo, my, I say you from Africa. You from Africa. Get my brother shoot you in the face. The whole nine yards. I love that fucking scene. Because right off the bat. All y'all niggas come from Africa. <laughs> All y'all come from Africa. Yeah. But beginning of the movie, there was essentially, yo, do you want to see a dead body? They yeah. never said that, and yeah. we never saw a dead body. We just saw it. They that. went to that scene, that, and you saw the blood in yeah. the crime scene, yeah. So now when he back in the hood, it's like, yo, I think it was that little Chris was like, yo, uh -huh. y'all want to see a dead body? And then he actually wasn't seen a dead body. Yeah. Like, um, and all of this was, and John Singleton said it, um, the actual, the opening scene, the going to see the dead body when they was walked down a train, and the final scene when uh, Doughboy disappears, all of that was pulled straight from Stand By Me. 
if you've never seen Stand By Me, it was white people's boys in the hood. <laughs> like, um, and, Stand By Me. Yeah, like, and uh, shout out to the legend. Uh, I played on the piano, by the way. Rest in peace to the to the homie River Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's brother. That's where he became famous and got his shit in. Anyway, John Singleton pulled all his shit straight from Stand By Me, um, but he made it relatable to black people. And when they go see the dead body, well, first of all, let's go back a little bit to that scene in the classroom when he arguing with little dog before they fight and he say, you know, you are from Africa, nigga. And old boy say, I ain't from Africa. You from Africa. You an African booty scratcher. That's where it came from. The worst fucking joke in the history of black people. I didn't like it when I was a little kid. That's where it came from, though. I don't like it, and that like when I watched it this time, it actually kind of hurt me a little bit. Like I didn't like that he said that to him. Like it wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? Like when we was little, I know everybody used to get that off. Shit was funny to us, dog. Thirty six year old aunt, I I didn't relate. I didn't relate. Um, and I didn't like that. And I was like, that was one of them. Like how you had Joe, um, moment earlier in the pod about the light skin, dark skin. That joke. When I rewatched this, I was like. I ain't like how that sounded. Like we gotta, a lot of we the, can't do that. Colorism is real. Uh, it, eh. A lot I, of the, the 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 stereotypes that we grew up on, it came from that. movies like this yep. and Def Comedy Jam. Yep, one hundred percent. And that's where it came from. And once you saw that, that's where everybody everybody went. It became it. the thing. It became the thing that everybody said. It became the thing that everybody went to um, when they were thinking about certain instances in black culture. So, uh, fast forward. We in Crenshaw now, um, or I'm sorry, we in South Central now, and uh, and all the the homies are going to see the dead body. Young Chris wanted to take them to. They walk over here, walk up the train tracks while they going. We're starting to establish certain things, right? Ricky got his football. Um, Doughboy's kind of the the aggressive leader of the group. Also, something that happened before they left, though. When Trey went to Doughboy and Ricky Crib to go get them, and he knocked on the door and their mom came out. She talking to them, da da da. She yelling at Doughboy, telling him how much he ain't shit, telling him how much he looked just like his goddamn daddy. Telling basically she doing every other thing that Angela Bassett wasn't doing, Reva wasn't doing. And um they were trying to show you that his mom didn't like him and yeah because then one was like why is she yelling at him and she yeah. don't know she always let him they just set they're yeah. planting the seed they setting setting that scene they plant that seed but it's disturbing because motherfuckers do this in real life doughboy was not the successful of the two children right like you got ricky who's in the football he focused he seemed like he going somewhere at a young age you got doughboy who kind of again sit around well, they said why she don't fuck with the nigga like that, because they come from two different. They got she two had his daddy. daddy, yeah. They got two different daddies, and when she said you look just like you sitting there looking just like your goddamn dad, she said it straight up. Like that's you reminded me of the nigga I hate. You talking about so I hate you, and I hate this phrase. But you talking about generational curses and, and mm. all the other shit. Like that's where it comes from. Dog, I hate generational curses and generational wealth. I hate when people say it. I just I don't like it. Um, but yeah, nigga ain't got no wealth for this generation. Yeah, you talking about you trying to build generational wealth, like fam. Nigga, you, you ain't got no rich for this generation. Nigga, you owe me a hundred dollars from Super Bowl. That's a real story, by the way. Um, anyway, this the way she was talking to him is the exact reason why. 
If Angela you. Bassett said, yo, Trey, you got to go with your dad. Because what I don't want to do is start putting you down at this pivotal-ass age right now. The difference between Trey, Ricky, and Doughboy is a father. Is love. Period. Mm. Trey was shown love. He came On from, both two, ends. from two yep. loving parents. Ricky was shown love mm-hmm. from his mom. Doughboy wasn't shown love. Mm-hmm. So he got his. He went out into the streets to find love, to find and his admiration, because he got it from Young Chris. Yeah, that was his man. Love. Yeah. Somebody got the love on one of these kids. Pause, because that sounds. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. But and um, but we we see that sort of being established early, and then they go on this trip to go see this dead body. They just young boys getting in the shit. This is what young niggas in the hood used to do. We just used to walk around the fucking neighborhoods. Like, we ain't really have anything to do um, outside of school. So they go to see the body. They see it while they over there. We see Sharif and, and the gang in the background. And they come over there, and I did. I like what he said. Yo, he ain't fucking with you, so don't fuck with him. Like, why y'all over here? But more importantly, why is there just a dead body here? That's clearly been here because niggas know it's over here. And it's just behind this gate, chilling in the grass, decomposing, stinking, and ain't nobody picked it up yet. Like, what the fuck is going on, dog? Like, that sort of shit. That's Like, it's little things like that that kind of capture the inner city hopelessness that exists. Like, fam, we know this from being in Detroit. It's vacant. It's tall grass. It's all kinds of shit in the city if you just drive around. Broken glass everywhere. everywhere. Nigga. Dead body on the east, niggas just, just don't, don't care. care. Like it's it's real life. Like it was that area um right over by Renaissance off of Otter Drive where they was like, yo, the grass over here ain't been cutting like five, six years, nigga. Grass like four and a half feet tall. And they was like, nigga, somebody came over there and voluntarily cleared this was a few years ago. Somebody came over there and voluntarily started trying to do some landscape and cut the grass, get the shit back right, discovered a body just in the grass, nigga. Shit four and a half feet tall. You walk past it, you never even know crazy shit is fucking wild dog so they over there they fuck with this body the gang come over there they like yo nigga leave the body alone then they start fucking with ricky hey nigga pass me the ball ricky got his football they trying to set the well two things one ricky's love for football he don't go nowhere without his ball we start we learned that early but the other thing i think they were setting was so where Yes, Ricky gets love. He gets it from his mom. But what Ricky doesn't get is protection, which he would need from a father figure, which is something like why Furious is able to protect Trey even when Trey was trying to inject himself in some of these situations. And he loved that football so much because his daddy gave it to him. His daddy gave it to him. Um, and he loved his daddy, obviously. Now, we don't know the backstory that was about what happened to his daddy. His yeah. dad could be dead. His yeah. dad could be in. Who knows? Yeah, because why ain't your daddy around? We don't know that. We never learned that specifically. But he keep that football on him at all times. He loved his dad. So what we also see established here, Ricky's protector is Doughboy. Even when Doughboy don't agree with him. Don't agree with him, and in certain areas, don't like him. Like, me and you are completely different, but you my brother. I think I told you, don't, before we left, nigga, I, don't take I that ball. I literally said, don't take that ball. And then I said, when it get took, don't call me. Don't come to me. But guess what's going to happen? When it got took. After I tell my friends and my yep. family, like I've been telling them, mm-hmm. when, I, when I share something, oh, nigga, you crazy. When shit hit the fan, don't call my fucking phone. Yeah. But when shit hit the fan, they call my phone, I'm going to help out. Because... <laughs> That's what it Nigga, is. you still my family and I still love you no matter what. So when the ball get took, Doughboy do his Doughboy shit. It's my fucking little brother. You know what? Let me go over here. 
I'm running up on a gang member, nigga. I'm 12, 13, however old they are. Get my brother's ball back. That nigga say, man, little nigga, get the fuck out my face. Get my brother's ball back. Kick the shit out that nigga, Sharif. Sharif back smacked the nigga and then just start stomping him out, nigga. It's a little kid, dog. This is what's going on in the hood in 84, though. Like, real shit. Might be going on in the hood in 2020, nigga. 100%. Little kid gets stomped out, nigga, by a grown-ass man. Fuck it. That's what it is. The other nigga, Bear from South Central, he kind of the... He that one gangster, nigga. I'm quiet. I'm chill. I don't do shit that don't have a purpose, nigga. Stealing this little nigga ball has zero purpose for what we doing out here, bro. He take the ball. He get Ricky his ball back. He threw the shit. I laughed at Ricky not catching the ball. I was like, nigga, come on, bro. But he had to not catch it. He had to not catch it. He couldn't be like the star, nigga. Because then it turns into a McDonald's commercial if he catch the ball. Like, But I loved what happened in this scene. Because then you start to see the love that Doughboy do get. Ricky wasn't like overtly appreciative of Doughboy getting his ball back or defending him or nothing. But after Doughboy got his ass whooped, Lil Chris went right over to him. He rubbing his back. He helped him up. They walking. He Doughboy got the little limp. Lil, that was who he related to. Why? Because both of y'all was in the street. What they didn't say was um, it was something I read that was like in the script and it was pulled because it wasn't super relevant. But Lil Chris came from a rolling 60s family. And then when him and Doe him and Doe went to jail together all them times and they became sixties together at some point during their time in jail. Yeah, I didn't like well, not that I didn't like, because yeah. they kinda explained it. But right after that scene, you know, niggas went to the store, we, y'all ain't got no money, we yeah, going anyway. We going anyway. They, they stole some, they, they got went picked to juvie. Up. Yep. But then it was like seven years later, I'm like, yo, these niggas has not been in juvie for seven years. Yeah. For stealing out the store. Not for stealing from the candy <laughs> store, dog. Like but um, Jen, um, when he was talking to his mom, she said, so she referenced him going in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we learned that this was like a pattern. It became a pattern. Um, something else that happened, uh, Chris had gotten shot and paralyzed. The actor who played older Chris is really paralyzed and got shot in a gang shootout in L.A. So Gotta be. A nigga up about a two strong. Yeah, that nigga. And he the way he was moving in the wheelchair, you just could tell. Like, I, he really innocent. But, um... When, when we see them older now, now it's Q. Now it's Morris Chestnut. Now it's it's everybody who we know and, and who these characters we learn to love, right? I tell you the power of movies. Mm-hmm. After this movie came out, niggas start selling pacifiers. Yep. Because Dookie yep. had one. Because Dookie had one. I used to have a pacifier. I, I had one. Right on Six Mile of Myers with a pacifier looking wild. Joe Rowe Nevergreen at the gas station. Yep. The gas station started selling pacifiers. Yep. At a plat like. When you think about how fucking ridiculous that is, dog. Like grown ass men. Well, I was a kid. Yeah, but he was a. I don't know how old they was. Probably they was probably in high school. They was teenagers, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Well, Doe was a little older, so I'm assuming Monster and Dookie might have been a couple years older than them as well. Yeah, but But like talking about kids, bro. Niggas had pacifiers in their fucking mouth because off of a movie yep don't tell me this movies and television shit don't when people that like not why influential y'all, why y'all be it's only t-. nigga that shit matters it impacted yeah. me multiple times yeah man and i um, had parents <laughs> literally both of them um so now we're kind of starting to see where everybody is right so we see doughboy over there playing dominoes playing spades with dookie monster little chris they over there on some gang shit. It's just a gang. Doughboy home. This is why they throwing a barbecue in the first place. He they home crips. from jail. They Crips. They 60s Crips. It's unimplied, but... It's implied, or it's but implied, no one ever said it. Nobody said it directly. I saw it in the script. We know uh, 
that whole area from mm-hmm. Nipsey, if anything, is hey, a crypt and error. Yeah. When the car that Trey has is all blue. Yep. And, and ain't nobody shooting rims, that bitch every day. You know yep. what I'm saying? Ice Cube always has on blue. Whether yeah. it's dark blue, yep. he always has on blue. Um, when they got into it with Ferris and them, they always had on red. And Ferris and them was all clearly blood. So Ferris and them was, and it was funny because that one scene when the cop comes out and he tells Trey like, "What set you claim, nigga? You look like one of them Crenshaw Mafia niggas." Ferris and them was Crenshaw Mafia. Um, oh, did you know the real Crenfa- Crenshaw Mafia bloods was trying to get at John Singleton? They was like, "Dang, like how?" They was like, "The niggas you had portraying us, like they look like cowards. Like we don't move like that." We wouldn't have never did this shit. And I'm like, y'all niggas in the gang. Y'all selling crack. Y'all still killing niggas. But you, whatever. You mean to tell me you never pulled up on a nigga in the alley and shot because a nigga bumped you? Because you bumped you, you another bumped nigga? That nigga that was standing there talking to his brother and you bumped the shit out of him, by the way. Yeah. But I was, yeah, they they really tried to get at John. They was like, we ain't like that. Ricky should have took the L, though. Mm. Like all that, yo, my nigga, the, fam. He was wilding. That's not true. Because you're not that. And you know who that is, yeah. and you know, like, fam, you know what he do. You're not. They that. had a whole Ferris convo. You, your whole neighborhood know how he get down. I get it. In the school, you the football nigga, you the head nigga, and somebody bump you. you but like, you probably should. You know what though? Or in that moment, instead of doing all that yelling, scrap him down right there. Scrap him down right there. Don't let him go to the car and get the gun. Scrap him. And then, Q was too happy to show the gun. Yeah, yeah. Because you took it to another level yeah. when you showed the it gun. It escalated there. And then said, niggas always want to go pull their guns out. Nigga, you just nigga, you pulled, pulled your the strap. gun out. You pulled the strap. The nigga was like, nigga be doing that shit too. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do. But um, so we in the backyard. They didn't have they fucking, uh, you know, the barbecue. But now we starting to set the scene. So we see what Cube and them on. They on their crib shit. We see Ricky, not only star football player, but father. He got a baby now. Teenage father, star football player. You got to go somewhere. You got a family. Living girlfriend. Girlfriend live with the three of them. Like, that's crazy. And my mom was never letting that happen. I promise you, nigga. And this is before Doughboy started selling drugs. Yeah. By the way. Because yeah. he ain't got shit. And then a little bit later, he It was he a back time out. jump. Yeah. Because Doughboy, he just got out. Yeah. He don't have shit set up. And then we see Trey... The most quote normal of them all. I'm not, cause Ricky, yeah, you doing your shit on the football field, but you still a teenage father, nigga. Trey, I don't have no kids. I'm a virgin. I work at the mall, and I'm fresh. I get a heavy discount. What up? I'm that nigga. I'm that nigga you want to be. And I got a pro black dad. And I got a pro. And I have a dad. And niggas be like, nigga, your dad ain't letting you do that shit. Yeah. Because everybody always niggas says your knew, dad was mean. Niggas knew Furious, and they knew what he was on. Shit, even they, uh, Doughboy and them mama said, why the nigga Furious stop coming around? He don't play cards with us. I hope he don't think he better than us. He do. That nigga also said, I would have fucked her if she would keep her mouth closed. Shut the fuck up. Just <laughs> one to ladies. <laughs> that nigga Furious tried to give y'all some game. Like, yo. Be quiet. Tonight, tonight is the night that we riding. Ride. Uh... So we we learn these characters. We also meet um, Ricky's baby mom, and then we meet Nia Long. It's the introduction to Nia Long. This is when she came into our lives, <laughs> and I want to thank John Singleton for this moment. Thirty-one years ago, or nine, twenty-nine years ago, rather. Salute, right. salute, John Singleton for this choice, and rest in peace to the guy. By the way, um. So Neil Long is Brandy, that's Trey's girlfriend. They going through something because 
so this is when the themes start to come out, right? Um, Trey and Brandy are at odds because he's ready to have sex. They've been crushing on Brandy been the neighborhood crush for everybody since they was little. Trey ready to fuck. We in high school now. We juniors, seniors, however old. Um, I'm ready to have sex, and you're not. She's a devout Catholic and says, yo, I'm waiting till marriage, and Trey wasn't with the smoke. So they ain't talked in five days. Hey, yo, this shit was toxic as hell, dog. It was, fam, <laughs> Trey was in the worst bag ever, dog. Like, That yo. nigga Trey came back there first. He made eye contact with Brandy, looked her in the eyes, smirked at her. Then, hold up, no, no, no. He made eye contact with her, then went and talked to uh, Doughboy and the mom, which, hey, respect, lady of the house, I get that. Then he go talk to Ricky, then he go talk to Doughboy. And then then he then so when they about to eat, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Let the ladies eat first. Yeah. Uh, like, and then you like, after, yeah, let the let the bitches let, like, let the hoes eat first. Man, there was a bunch of bitches and hoes. Oh, man. I was like, I was cringing. Like, and yo. I could appreciate that they had Regina King's character address it at least, like say something like, yo, why the fuck women always gotta be hoes bitches and hoes? Like And she was also calling herself a female. A female, yeah, which I we've been told we can't say that. Apparently. Um, I heard it first from her. Yeah, <laughs> crazy what words you can't use biologically. But anyway, um, so then all the women at the party, they asking Ricky, baby mom's like, yo, who the fuck is Trey? Like, I never seen him. When I'm like, nah, I seen him. He worked at the mall. And they in there. Like, it's yo-yo back there and shit. A whole bunch of motherfuckers. They on him. Regina King being real like, I want that nigga. And she was like, dude, he got a girlfriend. That motherfucker Brandy say, yes. Whole crew bust out laughing at her. Like, like get your young yeah. ass off, nigga. And uh She about to get took. Brandy roll up on that nigga Trey. She say, um, nigga, we ain't talked in five days. What's going on? That nigga Trey say, Give me a minute. Walked off and just stared to the other side. I didn't even know what he was doing. Me, I'm like, what the fuck is this nigga doing? I said, yo, Cuba Goodings, Cuba Goodings a very like awkward actor He's too. Nigga, He's dog. a very weird actor, and I noticed it in this movie a lot. He goes off to the side and just kind of stares. He was trying to, like, make her wait. Like, what the fuck? And then she just got upset and left. And that nigga Ricky was like, <laughs> you, know. uh, you going to talk to your girl? The nigga was like, yeah, I'm making her wait a minute. That nigga was like, how's it going? That nigga said, uh, she left. <laughs> <laughs> like, you standing here behind the tree. That motherfucker gone, dog. Toxic at his finest. Um, nigga was pressuring. Yeah, he was put, fam, he told her. After she said, I'm a devout Catholic and it goes against my beliefs and my morals. That nigga said, Catholics is the biggest hoochies. <laughs> I'm like, yo. Nigga. I'm Trey like, was yo, in a different how, bag. Yo, this how we be feeling when niggas trying to yeah, push. Hey, hey, ladies, our bad, dog. We I'm ain't, like, we ain't know like, it was like I'm this. Like, do we realize how creepy he sound? You ever, you ever caught yourself saying some creepy shit? Yeah. Like, yo. Yeah. I wish I could take that back. Yeah, I didn't like. I've, I've said shit in my life. That like soon as it came out, I wish I could pull it Ooh, back. Like, it was like, yeah, nah, that was actually like gross. I'm just gonna pack my bag. I'm, I'm yeah, just gonna, I'm like gonna I'm gonna leave. I ruined this. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> I remember I told this girl this was long, 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 long time ago. This is like college, like, like early Facebook. Or some shit. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> no, this was like uh, early Facebook. Um, when they first like created like DMs and shit, because you used to have to write on the wall only. Remember the honesty box? Woo! Woo! I never participated, but people would just come on my wall to be honest. I'm like, 
don't honestly tell me shit about your feelings. But no, I was just telling this girl, like, I kept telling her how much of a crush I had on her. And I had, like, no follow-up. It was like, yo, I just, I got the biggest crush on you I ever had on anybody in my life. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I swear I've never had a crush on anybody like this. Fam, I don't know if I've even ever crushed. And, like, after the third one, I was like, sign out. Sign out. Just sign out. Because <laughs> you, now, now, like, you lost it. Like, I think I might have been, like, 21. And I was like, I, I think you just... You blew it. Like, you blew it. Just leave it alone. Sign out. I never got at her. It never happened. She stopped replying. Like, I think the first reply was like, oh, thank you, and nigga. Yeah, got it. That's the I mean, standard. That second, third, fourth, I, I got a crush on you. I swear my crush ain't. If a crush was any I bigger, let like, you know that fam, I got a crush on you. Like, <laughs> I know you see me on the Facebook. True. Man. She, and then she was finna see me at the police station signing this uh, restraining order she got on me, dog. But, um... When we see all these relationships established, we also start seeing some of the hood shit, right? Like, we meet Ferris during that scene. Uh, When that nigga Trey walking across the street, first we see him go in the middle of the street. Little baby was about to get hit. He take her back to the crackhead mama house, like, yo, keep them babies out the street. Then when he going back across the street to the crib, he walks in front of Ferris in them car, nigga, and old boy uh, pulls the, the double barrel out the back seat and they pointed at him just to let him know we got it on us like nigga we intimidating you bro also well wait wait go ahead about his back story and the shit he went through that shit was crazy that's wild that shit was crazy um but yeah we meet ferris early and we see like all right he the he the neighborhood fuck nigga neighborhood gangster nigga um so then that's when uh Trey goes back to the crib. He kicking it with his dad, and they had a father son moment. He he give his pops the plate. He like, yo, when you done, can you fade me up a little bit? And we start to see like, all right, their relationship is still rooted in the same sort of like love that we saw when Trey was a little kid and they first moved out there. And while it was at the while they were at the party, they gave also they gave backstory when they were talking about Trey. And working at the mall. Um, oh, him and Ricky are best friends. Yeah. Um, him and Doughboy used to be, used to be friends best friends till until Doughboy went up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that sort of swapped out. Yeah. I'm glad how they give you back. I like when writers are able to give you backstory yeah. without it coming off obvious. Weird. I don't like it. Don't force it out there. Don't make It'll it out. It'll be like Trey, like, man, I'm so glad we best friends since your brother got like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It was just like, nah. Ricky's girl is telling Regina King about this nigga she oogling after or whatever. Um, so then when when uh, Furious is cutting Trey's hair, they start to have a father-son bonding. Like, he telling Furious, like, you getting old, man. That nigga say, I ain't getting old, young brother. I'm getting better. Which was funny because in that real life. He's 34. Well, in real life, Lawrence Fishburne is only six or seven years older than Cuba Gooden Jr. Oh, that's funny. So I thought that was really funny how they played that. In the movie, <laughs> but in the movie said, I'm 17 years older yeah. than you. So he about he 17. 30, yeah. So he 34, 35. Nigga. I've been moving some stuff over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I found a picture of my father's 30th birthday. Oh, wow. Wow. This nigga look old as hell. Uh, but I'm like, yo, this is. And like, I remember this day specifically. Yeah. I'm like, yo, my dad was 30? Nigga, I'm 30. I'm older than my dad is in that picture now. And I still look younger. Yeah. Um, but it was just wild thinking about how old you were and how old your parents were while they were raising you. 
Because they always look old to you, right? They yeah. always look like yep. this super old person, but like at 30, nigga? Yeah. Nigga, I have pictures of my pops at like. What if they probably was at a church, by the way? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We was always like at 30 years yeah. old, your birthday party was at church. My favorite wild. picture of my parents, um, the day that they got married and they went and they had their basically the the reception or whatever at my grandmother's house. Um so from that night, like like my pops is like twenty two there. My pops looks older than me right now when he was twenty two years old. Like it's just it's wild sort of the the change in, in eras and, and how people look. But um when Furious is cutting Trey's hair, they start to have that convo about women. Cause clearly Trey wanna have sex. So Furious asked him, like, yo, you having sex? Trey, 17, 18, embarrassed to keep it real with his dad. Don't wanna say, no, I'm still a virgin. Cause that's just that's listen, the hyper masculinity that we put on young men, dog. Listen. I remember I couldn't be nothing I, fifth grade tops. Yeah. I remember shaming a nigga for not having sex. Mm. Like nigga, you still a virgin? Like nigga. I was I mean, I'm cracking jokes the whole night. Yeah. Fuck around BT like Fam. Virgin like a motherfucker. Going back to the hypersexualization and hypermasculinity that exists in the hood, nigga, rewind back to when they was little kids talking about Brandy. And then nigga that's Ricky like, wife. that's my girl. Ain't that nigga Doughboy say, that's my wife. And then nigga say, well, nigga, if that's your wife, I stick my dingling in her every night. And it was like, fam, y'all was like 11, 12, maybe. Y'all was kids. Y'all wasn't sticking your dingling in shit. Like, it just wasn't happening, bro. When I think about that, I'm like, And Doughboy was lying on his dick, nigga, because she was a virgin. My homie at the same time, you know what a nigga told me? Mm. He was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm nine years old. I'm supposed to be a virgin. Mm-hmm. I had no comeback. Because <laughs> nigga, don't keep it honest with me. Don't be honest with me. I was like, yo, this nigga is like uh, a self reliant. You're telling the truth about itself. But then you know what was funny too? Um, when when Trey tells his dad the story of him fucking old girl, gives him this whole vivid ass story. You know what was random ass funny part? Not even what I was finna say. When I was a little kid, you know it was Cuba's voiceover when he was doing the girl part. As a little kid, I thought that was her voice. <laughs> and I literally asked a mom, I was like, was she a man? I didn't get it, dog. <laughs> like, and because old girl was kind of, I don't know, her face was a little strong jawed, nigga. I really thought till I was like 14, 15 that that was a dude, dog. Random ass, whatever, nigga. That's my life. But after he tells Furious this story about him not or him having sex, when he gets in the car with Ricky, why do you lie the wrong way to your parent, nigga? <laughs> and you like he lied so vividly. Grandma coming home from church and him so running out of crib that and all that shit. And he just didn't smash. No, I don't think this girl ever existed. <laughs> and then, but you could tell because when first thing he said when he got in the car with Ricky, or when Ricky sat in the car, he goes, "Man, you know I never lied to my pops." And the nigga Ricky say never, and he was like, "Well." Not so recently. He was like, damn, what you lie about? He was like, told him I wasn't a virgin. That nigga Ricky say, shit, you ain't, eh? is you? And then he just bust out laughing at him like, nigga, you a virgin? He was like, man, I done fingered some chicks and shit, but I just never went all the way, dog. And I was just like, why is that such a thing in, in black America, bro? Like, 
why is being a virgin a bad thing? Like, why are we hung out on that as a specifically with men in 1991? I can't even blame it on them. I don't know. Like, so here's my thing. Um, I because think, like I could normally say, yo, it's because of the music or because of this, but like I wasn't even like I, I don't know. I think black men in this country, both within the black community and outside of it, white people, Asian people, whoever I think the that's people, a man thing. White niggas lie about fucking all the time too. They do too, but I think with black people, I think we are sexualized from rip. Like it's what's nigga? It's a whole BBC is a porn category, nigga. It ain't. Big dicks It's the big black Like It's something about Black men In America That has been Sexualized And demonized Like we are We're everything Hyper aggressive Right Including Our sexuality Nigga And it's it's, it's uh, And it's wild Cause it's like You don't realize How much it's impacting children Till you see Moments like this Where it's like Or even what you just said Like nigga I was a kid Clowning niggas for being virgins And I was a virgin nigga It don't make sense It's wild And I don't know where it starts But it's fucking weird dog. I don't know where it starts either That shit is honest. weird dog And in this moment when Maybe I don't know When Trey and Rick having this convo And Rick just bust out laughing It's like Ricky You have a baby At he was 17, like, what you scared of? He was yeah. like being a parent He was like Oh, oh Well need shut the fuck and up And it's quick. like Oh shit I can't relate Cause I'm a whole father But it's like Nigga you should be more responsible in not having sex unprotected. Like, everything that you're supposed to be doing, for some reason, black people, like, we laugh at and scoff at. Like, wearing condoms, we scoff at that. Like, eh, niggas ain't wearing no rubber, nigga. I ain't protecting myself. And it's like, do we hear how this shit sound, bro? Like, you know what's making me upset? Because hmm. we was talking about some COVID shit earlier. Yeah, yeah. If all the thing niggas got to do, if everybody just stayed in the house for 21 days, then it wouldn't be no COVID. Duh, duh, duh. How long Connor's been out? Man. Because STD should be a, a thing of the past, right? Man. All you got to do is, yo, if niggas wear condoms for three weeks, wh- whatever Man. the fuck. Yeah. Like, fam, it shouldn't be STDs if that's the case. Y'all won't do that. Ever. So, like, Ever. I... I Though I understand the disgust yeah. when people won't do a simple thing that yeah. help you health wise, you fuck bitches wrong all the time. Literally, I, I see it all. Like it's nigga, a, it's I a wrote thing. on Facebook, and I it was funny, but I meant it. That's the thing. Half shit I say, even though it's funny, I mean exactly what I said. I wrote this on Facebook word for word. I said I could tell by how many kids y'all got that wearing a mask was gonna be an issue. Cause y'all niggas clearly never gave a fuck about protecting yourself, nigga. It's like yo, it's like right now. Strapping up It's like laughed at Like it's a thing like Yo raw this raw that Like I get It's the it's yeah, a running it's joke It's a joke But like, it's like damn nigga Y'all really out here Wilding like that Like you wild Like wild. you on everything My nigga Like nigga I, Listen I done had a clean streak For 38 years And you wanna continue I would You know how fucking pissed I would be <laughs> If I played it to like you get your first STD woo! at 38 I'm shooting Going toward 39 You'll be trash That's nasty Get Jade a nasty award No that's that's the wrong Wait a minute Don't hype that up (laughs) That's the wrong Wrong sound So let's Let's um Let's kind of Move forward with it A little bit man Um To the scene We were talking about With the recruiter When he comes by So they chilling on the port. This is what again. This is what niggas do all day, right? Oh, before that, okay. We got to get to the crux of the movie. They go down to Crenshaw. 
Uh, was that after this or before this? It's before. Okay. No, no, no. That was after that. Because this it? was after that was after they had the gentrification scene. That's when they left. That was after that. Because mm. it was that night when they was driving back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, with the recruiter, Ricky, again, star football player at Crenshaw High School. Niggas sit on the porch all day. That's just shit niggas do in the hood. You would think, yo, if drive-bys is happening and shit, niggas wouldn't just be outside all day doing nothing. Just hanging, but that's what niggas do. Like we've been doing it since the beginning of time. I mean, drop. I mean, that's what we did too. That's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like we've literally been doing it. And niggas was on the porch all day long. Young niggas currently don't be on the porch. Like wow. these young niggas is wild. They don't, group chat. Yeah, they don't live life like we did. But they chilling on the porch. It's nighttime. They all talking. They talking about where to find women. Chris, little paralyzed ass, telling them all the women at church. Um, and then they see a car roll up. And this is where the PTSD in black people is shown right now. Because as soon as they see the car, it's immediately like, who the fuck is that? Like, who was that? And it's like, nigga, it's a recruiter from USC coming to talk to your brother. And, like, we don't know how to stay calm in these moments. Like, that should be normal. A car driving down your street should not trigger you, nigga. But that's what it did. So the recruiter pulls up, comes to the porch. Y'all, I'm here to see Ricky. And they like, oh yeah, he inside. And then like Monster and all them start talking to him and shit. They like, yo, so you you can give me a scholarship? And they're like, well, what is it that you do? Shit, I used to play baseball. And it's like, I don't know, it was very weird how all these niggas all of a sudden like perked up. They saw this young black I appreciate them sending a black recruiter, by the way. They saw this man walk up. Say he was from USC, he recruiting Ricky for football, and it was like all of a sudden niggas just wanted to escape. Like at any meet, like, yo, I, I can go at, to college. I looked at that too, and they was and I think it was like, yo, all these kids had dreams too though. Like they, they really wanted to do something with it. I didn't want to be a crip. I wanted to play baseball. Like, yo, you think you can like Yeah. I, I didn't get the 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 feeling that he was fucking with the nigga. Uh-uh, he not at all. He was dead general, serious. Like, yo, you think you can get me the cop? And what was really crazy, basically, he was like, what could you do for me? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. How, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an academic. Why did you think it's directly yeah. sports? I mean, I know Man. why you thought it. but Yeah. But it's like, it's wild that, like you said, how quickly you saw all these niggas, these grown thug, hardened ass dudes, they turned into little kids in an instant when they saw an opportunity to escape their reality. It's not lost on them what the the prospect of of education and college does for someone. Man, man. and this is a opportunity. Yo, they sending a black man to come get a guy from my neighborhood. That means I can probably do it too. Man, I got a glimmer of hope that I can possibly do something with my life that I won't be dead or in jail. Not just a nigga from our neighborhood. Our fam. This Rick. Rick finna go to USC. And it's funny, well, not funny, but, like, USC and UCLA is in the middle of L.A. County. Like, these ain't, like, MSU or U of M, even though they 45 minutes to an hour away. They away. It's not downtown. <laughs> like, USC, UCLA smack dab in the middle of this shit. Like, you can, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to get over there, dog. So, when he goes in the crib, you got mom. She come out offering drink. You need coffee, soda, water. Like, she dressed she kicked Doughboy and the baby moms out. Like, y'all can't be in here. Take yeah. the baby. Like, but then the recruiter, that's what really caught me in the scene. He was, he loved Ricky. Loved him, loved him, loved him. Till his son ran out. And when his son ran out, he said, oh, man, he cute. That's your little brother. 
Nah, that's my son. And that nigga whole expression changed. Like, oh shit, you one of them. Like it was almost like, damn nigga. Well, hey, like to be perfectly honest though, I did, I, I definitely seen his mood change or his, yeah. his expression change. But I didn't think of it in a negative. I thought of it as in like, yo, I'm not used to seeing a 17 year old kid with a kid. I think it hit him like I forgot that's how it is out here now. And like, yo, you probably about to go all out on the field because you got a family to provide for. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? One yeah. of those type of things. And he explained to him that, hey, about the so SATs. You got a 2.3. He said, all you need is a 700 on your SAT. But he's asking like, what do you want to do? Which I thought was good because it mm-hmm. wasn't just come play football. He's like, yo, because the real, and this was, John Singleton again for Man, me doing his thing. Let him like, let, yo, it's a high probability you're not going to the NFL. That you're not going to NFL. What do you want to do? And he was like, "What you mean?" He was like, "What do you want to major in? Like, what do you want to do outside of football?" He's like, "Well, I don't know. Um, maybe going to business." He you was know, like, "My best friend Trey, his father is always talking about some business stuff. Hey. He's a pretty smart guy, and I respected that. And um." I was glad that he didn't just say, "Yo, come play football." When we don't care about care about nothing, but he's like, "Well, shit, I see you got a family out here now. You won't have to do something, my brother." Real quick, something you just made me think of. I know we don't see that transition with them from little kid from eighty four to ninety one. We missed that seven years. I wonder how much Furious impacted Ricky's life. God, everybody know because everybody refers to him like everybody know your dad. Yeah, your he dad called him Malcolm, Malcolm Farrakhan. Farrakhan yeah. The whole night. Hey. Like we we matter of fact, we probably understand that you can't do certain shit that we do. Yeah. Because of your dad. And we respect it though. Yeah. We don't even look at you like you a lame or like you None not down. Nigga, we know your dad. Cause he been quote unquote mean since we ever known him. And he let the thing off. <laughs> literally. Literally. So this recruiter coming by, he gave Ricky. Ricky life seemed like it's headed in that direction, right? Like, yeah, I had a kid in high school as a teenager and shit. But on the flip side, I have a very fucking real chance to get out this hood and go make some of myself and go to a prominent school. It's fucking USC. Now, this ain't no slight-ass school. We just saw a whole goddamn uh, 50 million rich white people and actors and actresses get in trouble for fucking lying about test scores to get their kids in the USC. Like, this is a real... F- and it's also an homage to where John Singleton went, which is... Did you see the cameo John Singleton did in this movie? As the mailman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I noticed that, or was made aware of that, a few years back. Um, I kind of missed it. You, I just saw it this weekend. You, It's then literally it, a glance and you'll miss it moment. And then it made sense... As to why Keenan Ivan Reigns was the, the mailman in mailman yep. and um don't be a don't menace. Be a menace. So if y'all not catching what me and Jay are saying, when uh the mailman comes and gives Ricky and Doughboy's mom Ricky's SAT scores, that's John Singleton um playing a mailman. So really it's a blink if you miss blink and you'll miss it moment. But it was a cool little little cameo. Um so what if you do that to all his movies? Like he just in them. Like uh some Stan Lee shit, but yeah. we don't we don't know. We didn't it. notice it as Cause Stan Lee, even though Stan Lee was low, he made sure you knew it was yeah. he was in there. John could have did that and everything, and we just don't know. Now I want to go watch all the John Singleton movies. One more time, completely unrelated but kind of related. Salute to Snowfall again for injecting young John in that finale of season three. I, I just thought that that was beautiful the way they did that, man. Um. So anyway, 
now let's let's move along to probably the most memorable scene of this movie or the most impactful that gentrification scene so we got trey and ricky riding around they going to see uh furious at work furious is a mortgage broker and they go up in his office and ricky tell him like yo it looked like you get money to help people buy houses that nigga said yeah that's exactly what i do he was like come with me let's 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 go over here so that where they went they went over to compton to an area where this billboard is in the middle of this large plot of land they from crenshaw they ain't from compton they get over there off top. You see Fear and Ricky and Trey. Like, uh, Furious, why the fuck we over here in Compton in this all blue ass car? Like, the fuck is going on? We ain't in Kansas anymore. But then Furious had a message for him I want to play because, again, most impactful scene from the movie. Yeah, I mean, Would you two knuckleheads come on? Why don't y'all take a look at that sign up there? See what it says? Cash for your home? You know what that is? What are y'all, Amos and Andy? You step in and he's fetches? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. To bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything, black. Black-owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. It wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. Now, if you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all. Yeah. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? I'm gonna shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Huh? Man. Man. Gem after gem after gem, dog. Um, gentrification... Before he even got into gentrification, talking about, yo, nigga, we ain't the ones bringing this crack. We don't have no planes. Because of slavery. <laughs> or Trump. Um, we don't have no planes. We don't have no money. We don't have no... Like, how you think crack just got in L.A., nigga? 
It wasn't us. We ain't go down to fucking uh, Nicaragua and Costa Rica and all these different areas. We wasn't down there doing this shit. It came to us. And if y'all don't know how crack actually got into L.A., uh, do yourself a favor and go watch Snowfall and just learn a little bit. Like, you can do, like, actual research, but if you want to make it entertaining to watch one of the best shows on TV, go watch Or just watch listen Snowfall. to our pod. And, yeah, yeah, because we talk about all that shit on the Snowfall pods. Um, but then he started talking about gentrification, dog. Like, that was peak podcasting, by the way. Man, them Snowfall pods is different. They different. Snowfall pods. So, shout out to our new listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, who weren't around back then. When Snowfall was out, yeah. But if y'all scroll back, if y'all like the show. Yeah, y'all fuck with facts. us. Shout I know out y'all to y'all. Do, but like, because if y'all don't, you a whole ass nigga. But if you go back <laughs> yeah. and watch them, listen to them Snowfall episodes, they and, different. And like, watch the episode of Snowfall and then, then listen, listen to, to the, the pod. pod. It hit different. Yo, we, and if you ain't, I, this I, is that's like peak podcasting so from us. Snowfall pods versus Lovecraft pods. I'm, I'm woo. I'm biased because we was in bags. I'm for biased, Lovecraft, but dog. I'm, we were de- listen. I'm gonna tell y'all this now. We were definitely in bags for Lovecraft. Yeah, I'm going snowfall every time. You're going snowfall. I'm gonna go Lovecraft, and the reason I'm going Lovecraft Damn, that finale episode we did on snowfall. I mean, well, that was just different. <laughs> but you know on, what though? Nigga. Hold up, hold up. Snowfall finale episode or the Hippolyta Lovecraft episode. Because that Hippolyta Lovecraft episode, that might have been one of our best podcasts ever, dog. Listen, dog. Them was, I, I think them have running you, neck and neck. Have you listened to that recently? Yes. I'm talking about the Snowfall. I listened to that probably a month ago. Amen. Because I rewatched that finale. We using our bag. I'm going to say this. If y'all want to hear three TV show pods, I ain't going to get into the movies. Three TV show pods that define really how great me and Jay are at this shit. Snowfall finale, Hippolyta episode of Lovecraft, and Love um, is? huh? Love is no, 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 no. Oh. The third, I'm still on Lovecraft. The fucking uh, uh, Black Wall Street episode. Mm. That Oklahoma episode. We was in them three. Fam, we was in our super duper bag on those two Love Is episodes. We were. You know when else we was in a super duper bag? We was actually in a crazy bag. This was my favorite pod for we a long time. In, we had three hours right now, by the way. Oh, it's cool. We getting close to the end anyway. Um, this was one of my favorite pods for a long time. We was in a bag, and I remember being worried about how we was going to approach this pod. The fucking R. Kelly documentary, dog. Nigga. That was different. That was different. Fam. <laughs> We was smoking that pod, dog. Yeah, that was a I was we was on a run because like that the the R Kelly episode we did on Shop Talk we got yeah. into it too. Like, and it was like yeah y'all did y'all smoked you know that dog. Like, and I remember I was like ready to laugh, and then y'all niggas had me in my bag, and then I was like wait, I hope when we record ours I don't laugh, nigga, <laughs> and like joke it off, and then me and you got to going. To, hey man, we've been podding 132 episodes. Shop Talk, what y'all at two? 230 30 234 234 week. like when i when we tell y'all like we the kings of this shit when my nigga Mach tell y'all that me and jay and jay and dame is pod gods like y'all might want to yo we gotta start i'm gonna make sure i add that in the hashtags moving forward dog because y'all might want to understand what y'all really getting dog this ain't your regular shit anyway Salute to us, salute to the goddamn man. It's it's different on this shop talk, uh, this shop talk family, dog. It's it's different on this side. So 
after Furious has that gentrification conversation with uh with Trey and and Ricky and everybody else in the neighborhood, Trey and Ricky go and hang out on fucking Crenshaw Ave, nigga. And it was like, cause that nigga Trey was like, yo, where your brother at? Cause Ricky was saying like, man, I wish that nigga Doughboy was over here. He could have, yo pops really be in his bag. He could have really used that. And that nigga was like, where that fool at? Shit, he on Crenshaw with the rest of them fools. You want to go? Fuck it. Yeah. And it was like, nigga, did y'all not just listen to what the fuck Furious was telling y'all? Like, fam, stop doing all that shit. Like, why y'all going to the Crenshaw street races after that convo? Like, go home. Reflect. That's where my friends at. Nigga, fuck all that. Take your ass to the crib. So they go over there. They kicking it with the gang. Shit is cool. It's regular. Then, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, earlier, Ferris bumped into Ricky. Hard as shit. Disrespectful. Ricky on his, like, he came, yo, nigga. Nigga said, we got a problem, nigga. Nigga, I'm I don't know. Do we, nigga? I'm still trying to find out. Still trying to find out, nigga. Of course. Why was Morris Chestnut putting so much emphasis on nigga? He was in a weird bag, dog. Well, we took that joke and ran with it. Yeah. You got a problem? I don't know. I'm still trying to I'm find out. I'm still trying to find How, out. How many times did you, did you say that in life? Oh, my God. Like, that on. was my whole childhood, nigga. Still trying to find out if we got a problem. Then what you I, looking at? I don't know. I don't know, Still nigga. Trying to find out. So they get into that argument. Then Doughboy get out the car. We got a problem here. Got a problem. And it was like, I right, man, I feel like the crip side started to escalate the situation beyond where it needed to go. Then Ferris took it on super escalation and pulled out the fucking semi-auto and just starts shooting in the fucking air. Cause why not, nigga? He put out the Mac Ten. Had the Mac Ten, nigga. Full live, full live Mac Ten. Pulling through the hood, so he shot in the fucking air and cleared the whole shit out. Um, yo, fun fact that I learned, and you gotta rewatch it because it's funnier after you know it. So when they start running after Ferris starts shooting, Ricky or Morris Chestnut kind of tripped. And when he tripped, Ice Cube almost ran his leg over. I know. I saw it because I <laughs> so saw that, him junk. Yeah, junk, no, that junk. really happened. <laughs> like, and also another fun fact: every single shoot, every single scene where there was shooting, John Singleton never told the cast that they were going to shoot. Then, like, anytime you heard bullets in this movie, they were real guns, and the cast didn't know they were being shot, so their reactions were real, um, including the scene with Ferris. Like when them niggas broke. They really broke, nigga. They didn't know that that was finna happen when it happened. I thought that was funny and authentic. Um, so then after they leave, Trey and Ricky driving home, they have an encounter with the cops. Same cop that was Same cop house. that came to Trey and Furious's crib when that man broke in earlier. Now, John Singleton said specifically, if you notice, the white cop is quiet. The black cop is hates everybody black he has disdain for young black men he said i did that intentionally i didn't want the white cop to be the aggressive one because that's obvious we know that that exists i want these black cops to realize you not out here setting the example you think you setting for the black kids in your fucking city dog and so this same cop he don't even know this is trey from when he was a little kid he harassed him nigga pulled the strap out on him dog Oh, I think you one of them Crenshaw Mafia looking motherfuckers. Like, just coming at them dirty, dog. And clearly that's traumatizing. And I could appreciate John Singleton addressing that. Like, when Trey fucking leaves, he goes to Brandy's crib. Brandy already at the crib shook up because they shooting in his helicopters all over the place. She trying to do her homework. Nigga, Trey come in. And as funny as we've made fun of this scene with Trey ghost punching the air, 
ain't gonna lie, dog. This time I was a little emotional, man. I don't know if it's because of facts. It wasn't funny this time. It was not funny watching this shit again. Um, I don't know if it's because of the current climate of of America right now, dog, or just me being older. You're just tired of it. Man. I didn't laugh, dog. I literally, I one hundred percent felt everything Trey did when he walked in that house, dog. I'm sick of this shit. I'm fucking sick of this shit, bro. I'm sick of fucking being scared, nigga. We scared of cops. Like, why are we scared of niggas that's supposed to protect us? We scared of black people. Man, you know what's crazy? Um, it's after this scene is over and they console and everything, um, it's like- And the then they have trauma sex. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's the next day. And when I seen the clothes that everybody had on, I got sad. Because you knew what was coming. Yeah. You knew what day it was. I didn't like that either. I think I might have had that same sentiment, bro. So- when it's the next day, Trey and Brandy, then they then finally broke their virginity, and now you know, Trey on the porch with Doughboy Monster, uh, Dookie and Chris, and they they oh nigga, I seen you creep up out of Brandy crib at two in the morning. They doing what niggas do, and meanwhile, Ricky in the house watching football, cause that's what he do. His passion ain't them streets, and never will be, dog. He in there watching football. I did kind of notice too. I don't know if you peeped. The shift, like, all right, yeah, Doe, I get you was, or I'm sorry, Trey, you was Doughboy best friend. I get that. These are all your niggas. But he never went inside to say what up to Rick. I thought that was kind of like Who? Trey. I mean, it's, he just in the house. I mean, he, your best friend in the go say what up to your man. Like, even if y'all sit there and watch football with him, that's fine. But I thought it was kind of weird, like, because yeah. I'm like, eh, Trey, you kind of. I don't think I did. Just kicking it with the gang, dog. Down the street, like. If everybody outside, when they didn't come out, I'll say what I mean. You Man, know. I thought it was kind of weird. But Rick in there watching football, then he see the Army commercial. Um, and they telling you, yo, nigga, what you want to do? You want to you be good? You want to learn job skills? You want to do it? They doing what the Army commercials did, right? And it worked on Ricky because Ricky was scared. He didn't feel confident in that SAT Ricky, test. R Ricky not very smart. Um, he plays football. That's why yeah. he, he exists. And that's all time. he thought was um, available to him. Yeah, so he, he was kind of worried. Um, his girl come in, tell him to go get some shit from the store. Uh, Cornmeal, got to finish the fish. He go outside, ask Doe to do it. Doe like, nigga, she told you. That's your wife. He said something slick. Doe at this point is tired of playing second fiddle to, to his, his little brother. Yep. They get into a little scuffle. I mean, it's some brother, brother shit. Brother shit. You know what it I'm saying? It wasn't nothing out of control. And, um... She loved that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They get into a little fight and they dip off to the store. Yeah. Um, earlier in the daytime, however, Ferris and them. Ferris had up. been on the block. He had yeah. been on the block making his way around, doing what he do. Like just what he did at the races the night before. He's trying to intimidate y'all. So now he been driving up and down the block, but he turned the corner. He never come past him. Turn the corner. So the nigga Doe even said, yo, that nigga come on the, or Dookie said it. He come on the block one more time and blast his ass, dog. Dookie ain't blasting. Dookie ain't shooting damn. shit, nigga. Monster and Doe. That's it. Um, So when Ricky and Trey go to the store, first of all, I hated that Ricky kept drinking milk by the carton. That shit was just different. Um, They go to the store. They get the cornmeal. Ricky doing a scratch off. He, he he having all the inner city hope that niggas had. If I hit this lotto, I ain't, fuck school. Fuck them SAT scores. Fuck everything. Like, my dreams is in the lotto, nigga. And it's like, why would niggas just go back where they came from? Right back to the crib. I mean, like, when you running yeah. through the alley, they going to try to cut you off. You Fair. just go back when the other you way. When you literally heard them peel out to come cut you off the other way. Go back to the direction y'all was going. Or just stand up there for a minute. Or it, but never before any of that, never split up. 
why was that ever the plan? Like, well, both of the niggas would have got shot. But like, not if they went the way Trey was going. Trey was going the opposite direction than Rick. Like, Rick was walking right up on the car, nigga. It was just weird, dog. I, I hated their whole plan, but they're walking back. As they're walking back, they see Ferris and them on the corner at a stop sign. What's funny, Ferris and them, I don't think, was looking for them. They just happened to be driving around the area to fuck with Doughboy. Now, oh, shit, that's that fool that was talking shit last night. Hey, let's pull up on these fools. So they pull up. Rick and Trey run. They go up in the alley. Ferris niggas say, hey, man, go around the corner. Cut them off. I'm with you. I'm like, why don't y'all just come back out that backyard that y'all ran through and walk home like y'all was doing? Shit would have been fine. But we get it. What's crazy is the nigga only had two shots. Yeah. It was, a fucking it double was perfect. It was perfect. Went on the leg. He'd have been, he wouldn't have played football. Stop no him from anyway. running. Done. Done. That's the first thing I thought when I was little. Football career was over. Then that second one right through the torso, man. Fucking. They stopped to piss. Like, come on, Rick. Come on, Rick. This, come on, bro. Man, them fools ain't talking about nothing. Man. Yes, they are. Nigga. They are, nigga. If they wasn't talking about shit, y'all wouldn't have dipped the way y'all dip. Y'all just walked past two Rottweilers in the backyard. Like, nigga. They trying to kill you, bro. You know where you live. But they pulled up. Dog popped out the backseat with the double barrel. Shot Rick. One to the knee. Other one to the back. Lights out. Lights out. Entire life, entire career, entire dreams, gone. Um, they get back to the crib, take the body in there. It's mama. Doe trying to tell mama what happened. She blaming him for it. He just want mama, mama. He trying to console her, can't even do that. He want a hug because he want to be loved. She hugged him for like half a second, then realized, uh, nope, you did this. Pushed him, him off. Um, the baby mom's, he, he trying to get the baby. He like, he don't need to be seeing his dad's dead, lifeless, bloody body. Nigga, you brought it back here. Yeah. yeah. Also weird. I'm like, why not just go to the hospital? If y'all was going to get the body, go straight to the hospital. Not home. Kid, though. But, um, that boy like, get that baby out of here. He try to pick up his nephew. The baby mom's like, don't touch him. You don't ever get to touch him. Because they're blaming Doughboy because his lifestyle is what they think caused this whole time. They don't even realize Rick kind of caused. Both of them. They both did it, but Rick, he didn't start it, but he he encouraged it. Take the L. You tried the beef. Rick engaged. You know your brother's in a rival gang from this nigga. That nigga, I'm sure, doesn't know that you ain't Crip. And he don't care, nigga. You be with Crips. If you ain't Crip, your brother is. So fuck you. And I just bumped you and you start talking crazy to me. You did. Then your brother pulled a strap out to try to intimidate me. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill you, dog. So he killed him. Um, and then Trey tells Doe, meet me at my house in five minutes. Because now it's time to retaliate. This is what the this is the core of gang violence right here. Retaliation. You kill my brother, I kill you. When does it stop? You know what I'm saying? Like, so one thing that fucked me up. Back when I was younger, but it fucked me up again watching this shit uh, this week when his mama opens them test scores that got delivered when they left for the store. and Ricky got a 710 on them SATs. Only needed a 700 to get his football scholarship. Ricky was headed to USC, dog. Whole life ahead of him, nigga. Gone. In an instant. Think about the baby moms, nigga. I sent that nigga to the store. He was sitting on the couch chilling watching football, minding his business. I sent him to the store. 
Think about Doughboy. Yo, he asked me to go. I got a car. We could have been in and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'd have been back to the crib. It was just so many things you start to think about. But Trey go to the crib. Brandy trying to see what's going on. That nigga dripping in blood. His whole clothes is bloody and shit. He walk in the house, tell Brandy to fuck off. Furious pulled up from work. Brandy tell Furious, yo, Rick got shot. I think Trey and I'm about to do something. Trey loading up his pop's gun, nigga. Pop's got the fucking coat boy. In there, 357. It's time to get busy, nigga. And he loading that bitch up. He bought to fucking meet up with Doughboy. They finna go attack them fools. Furious got that nigga to give him the gun. Thought he fucking got through to him. I thought that was Furious' fault. Like, yeah. nigga, your friend, Keep an eye on him, dog. He, yo, I'm sorry what happened to your friend, but that, that's, that's their problem. problem. And then you be like, he, all right. Yeah. He handled it up. wrong. What, nigga? He handled that wrong. He handled that wrong. That's the one moment in this movie Furious handled Where's wrong. Where's your emotional bro? intelligence? Yeah, that nigga said, yo, I'm sorry what happened to your friend, but that's their problem. You my son. You my problem. Yeah, that's all true, but I still just watched my best friend get shot. Like, I literally watched it. Come on, pops. So nigga Trey did what any rebellious teenager would do in that moment. He just jumped out his bedroom window. Nigga, all right, I'll meet that nigga Doughboy in the alley. And that's what he did. They get in the car. They start riding around looking for Ferris and them. We all know how that ended for Trey. Yo, let me out. Yo, Doe. He had to get out. That yeah. what He realized in that moment everything his dad had been teaching him since he was a little kid. This ain't you. What's crazy is they would have found him earlier. He'd have been in there. Yeah, 100%. He'd have been a part of that. But it took the whole three hours to realize, nigga, this ain't me. And I got to get out. And I got to muster the courage to ask this nigga to let me out. Uh, they do that. His fr- his father, he come in the house hours later, bloody. You can't prove to me that you didn't shoot nobody. No. Nah, kill nobody. Because his pops just been sitting there with the fucking uh, that's meditation balls. That's why I got some. Yeah. That's I, I got some because of that movie. So it's funny. I had some prior to that movie doing karate. I started karate at four. This movie came out. I was six. So I had some. I never used them till this movie, nigga. They just sat on my bookshelf when I was a little kid. Like, Soon as I saw Lawrence Fishburne doing that shit, nigga, I was like, okay, now nah, I got to do it. Um, Doe, Monster, and Dookie keep riding around till they find somebody. That nigga Monster say, man, I'm hungry. Let's get some food. They pull up to fucking like Jack in the Box or something. And when they pull up, they realize Ferris and them is right there. The niggas that killed your brother right there. Cut the lights off. Drive by. Monster pull out the AK. Them niggas peeped them. They start running. Monster shot all of them, right? He only killed one. The nigga that shot Ricky and the nigga Ferris, both of them were still alive. He caught them in their legs. So then Doe parked the car and get out because now it's personal, right? Not leaving y'all niggas alive. Fuck that. Doe pull out his strap, shoot both of them niggas, shot the first nigga in the back. Then he go up to that nigga Ferris, tell him to turn over. Ferris copping, please, nigga. I ain't pull the trigger. I ain't the one that killed your brother. It's like, nigga, I don't give a fuck. Then he tell him, well, nigga, fuck you. Because, yo, you're going to kill me anyway. Why not get this last little bit of disrespect off? That nigga Doe shot that nigga twice in the fucking head. Now, you know he did. Um, then we get that final scene, man. Probably the scene that made me the most emotional because... I ne- even when I was little, this scene fucked with me, man. It's the next morning. When Nipsey got his old Crenshaw brand from, came from this movie. Yep. From that with shirt. With that T-shirt that Trey had on. Yep. I don't know if y'all knew that. Crenshaw started with Trey's shirt in this final scene of the movie. Um, 
And if you notice, like everybody noticed or knows like the one like Crenshaw logo, but that particular font that's on Trey's shirt was a part of, I want to say the Crenshaw album. Like I feel like that was the the font that was on that Crenshaw album. I got to look back at it, but I think it was. But um, Doe came across the street. You see him slang a pack real quick on his way over there. Crackhead walked by. He got one off right quick. Then he went over to uh, to Trey, and they kicking it. And Doe let out all the fucking shit that he needs therapy about. That nigga said, I ain't got no brother. I ain't got no mother neither. Thought killing that fool was going to make me feel better, nigga. So look, I know why you got out the car. Yeah, I get it. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. You can damn near see Doe not envious, but like sad that he didn't have like Trey nigga. I wish I had your life, dog. Cause you got a mother and a father who love you. I don't have nobody, bro. My life is hopeless. Even said, shit, them fools probably gonna come smoke me now. Next thing you know, somebody trying to smoke me. Like, it's the circle of fucking life in that type of lifestyle, man. And uh he got up to Lee. Nigga Trey got up, told him, Doe, you got one brother left. Then we found out Doe got murdered two weeks later. I wish they didn't put that part in. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah, they did. But, but that's like, what made me sad is like, damn, nigga, Doe, they got to Doe. Mama and lost two kids in three weeks. Yeah, man. That's wild. Yeah, dog. Yeah, but it's what's wilder is how real that is. You know what I'm saying? Or how real it was in that moment, man. And then we learned that Trey and Brandy went to Morehouse and Spellman. They got the fuck out of L.A. and, and went on to uh, live their damn life, dog. But, man, and that that's that's where we left off, dog. Like, <sighs> shit was sad, man. It ended, like, mad uh, melancholy. Yeah, it, it was not the, and I mean, again, it's poison the hood. We knew what it was gonna be. We knew it wasn't gonna be, you know, some happy go lucky ending. Even like the little bit we got about Trey and Brandy going to school and and being cool, it was just like, all right, well, Rick did. He wasn't gassing. Everybody did, dog. But like, as I as as we sit back, it's been years later, thirty mm-hmm. <laughs> decades later. Um. Nothing about this movie was a glorification of violence. No, it wasn't. Or a, glor- a glorification of gangs. Yeah. What we actually saw was two single co-parents yeah. who were doing a really good job at raising a young boy who was probably bored with school, needed yeah. a new environment, he needed to be around his father. Needed a little bit of male encouragement. His mother was in school trying to get her master's degree. You saw her apartment go from rinky-dink apartment to lavish. To lavish, yeah. She was living life. She was drinking fancy coffees and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they went, and even as adults, they were cordial. They yeah. went to dinner um, to, to, to discuss what was going on? She wanted the son back. You also peeped when uh when she had called the house. Trey didn't come see her the weekend. He was like Trey yeah. was kind of he was starting to pull from her. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he kind of he made a furious made a statement like, yeah. "Yo, you missed all of that." Yeah, while you was trying to be on about your career, or whatever. Then she was like, "Listen, you did a good job. The whole nine yards. Most black men don't do that." But she don't get no cookie for that shit, nigga. That's what but we I do all I the time. But I ain't like how she threw that in there like, yo, you did what every 
single black mother has been doing since the beginning of time. It's only like, me and you, baby. Yeah, no, nah, <laughs> I'm not every <laughs> single black mom. It's me and you, fam, fam. Just like, me and you. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, though, I, I thought that, oh, hold up, real quick, just had this thought. Better father. Furious or Charles S. Dutton from Menace? Hmm. Both of them gave you timeless bars. Uh, <laughs> furious. Yeah. Now I don't like the word "better father." I don't like that phrase. <laughs> nah. But um, Sharif was wild. Yeah. As a kid, and Sharif found himself. His yeah. father didn't find him. Yeah. That's why I'm going to Furious. Yeah. Um, Furious didn't allow Trey to get caught up in a certain lifestyle while he's living in the hood directly. Yeah. Your two best friends got murdered, unfortunately. Yeah. But everybody around you was in that life. I kept you away from that shit. I did my job. Yeah. I did my And not that Charles S. Dutton didn't do his, but what changed one Sharif. Of our, one of our kids is still alive. <laughs> but what changed Reef wasn't. <laughs> you stupid <laughs> It wasn't his dad It was finding his Muslim faith And, and leaning into the that The actual Malcolm uh, <laughs> Literally yeah The not, actual not Malcolm, Malcolm Farrakhan, Farrakhan. <laughs> The actual Farrakhan got him um, I would love to like Now that I've rewatched this a couple times and, and we've done our pod And gotten my notes and shit Like I'm kind of in that bag that we get into after we watch like a dope show or something like now i want to like go like look up youtube interview i want to see all the shit that was deleted scenes man everything like I, yeah a year, year and a half ago when i saw deleted scenes from men's from minutes oh jay text me in a haste nigga that shit blew my mind my nigga was hasty i'm like they, they was doing that back then Dog, yeah <laughs> no i i really want to go find like all the John Singleton interviews, all the deleted scenes. I want to learn more about what these characters, you know, didn't do that was yeah, initially we'll in the script, we'll, man. We'll, we'll, we'll follow and just give y'all some follow up on anything interesting Patreon, you learned. Patreon, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, little little shit like that. So get your money ready. Um, anything else before we go, man? We talked about what we was watching earlier. It's a reason that Boys in the Hood is in a different class from all the other movies. Yeah, and watching this now as an you adult, get it. you get it. It, it reaffirms what my emotional portion yeah. realized back when I was a kid, but now on the intellectual part, it, it just confirms everything. John Singleton put together not only a great cast of actors, but he wrote a great script. And that combination over this subject matter, like it was a it was an unbeatable combination. In nineteen ninety one, you knew that all those actors were gonna be what they were gonna be? Nah. It's impossible. Legends. You have one legendary actor, well, Maybe two, because Lawrence Fishburne had been doing this since Cornbread early in me. So, but you had Lawrence. But was he respected? Like after Apocalypse, now he kind of was. Um, which I also thought uh, when he mentioned to Trey when it was little, like, "Yo, I was in Nam. He was in Nam and Apocalypse." Now I thought that was kind of a cool callback. Uh, was he that respected? Who's to Ooh. say? I don't remember. I, we was fucking was kids, yeah. Old. So, but what I will say, other than Lawrence Fishburne and Ice Cube. Nobody else in that movie had a name till after they did that movie. And then they all became who they were. There is no Maurice Chestnut. Maurice no. Chestnut. No. I mean, There's no Nia Long. There's no Regina Nia King. Lo Without that Nia Long scene, Ice Cube wouldn't have put Nia Long in Friday. Period. I wouldn't even know him. Period. Or have Are We There Yet? Yeah. Or the sequel to Are We There Yet? Um, Angela Bassett. Not there yet. Yeah. Angela Bassett literally credits John Singleton for giving her first real opportunity. Yeah, man. It's Angela Bassett. Like we like to think because she older that somehow she was 
like his elder or some shit and she had been established no nigga i was literally giving my break in this movie dog them boys in the hood gave it all man uh so y'all go watch boys in the hood it's available on netflix right now um if you need to log in hit me up i'm not giving you my password i just want you to hit me up and you know fuck with me um yeah man who is the person Cause I got a lot of people who on my on my Netflix. Oh, I don't know shit. which one of you <laughs> niggas keep turning the fucking uh, closed captions on, but I turn that shit <laughs> off every day, and then every day I go back on. And it's back on. That shit is on. Now I did change my fucking password, but you know because I don't know if y'all know Netflix passwords got hacked, so y'all should have changed y'all shit too. But it give you the option where you can sign everybody else out or mm-hmm. don't sign everybody else out. I didn't sign you niggas didn't out. Do it. But if y'all ever sign out, it's y'all know y'all not, not getting, getting back, back in. <laughs> you're not getting back in. And on that yeah. note, man, if you uh if you're not locked out of Jay's Netflix already, go ahead and watch boys. Let us know what you think about the pod. Follow us on all the socials at This Week in Culture. Hit us up at This Week in Culture Pod at gmail.com. Which is Blackberry letter. Get that into us. Let us know what's going on in your life, man. And uh just fuck with the gods, man. We back and we will see y'all. Till then, I'm Ant Wood. That's Jay Johnson. This Week in Culture, episode 132. We out.